0: It's the Cleveland Moto Podcast. <laughs> we're, we're not drinking anything that's in a can. <laughs> <laughs> we have bottles on the table. Nope. We have like bourbon cream. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so there's no there's no gonna be any delicious. We got some ghost of beer. Some ghost of beer. And, and you've got a bourbon. See so this is the Buffalo Trace bourbon cream. Bourbon cream. Just oh, How would I delicious. describe it?
1: It smells like cotton candy and it tastes like chocolate milk. Yeah. it, it is So win win. And you can get drunk on it. Go figure. It's just more and <laughs> more and more. It's like a it's kinda like four loco for adults. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> Uh, just rub it right. Just rub it right <laughs> on your diabetes. Uh, to my left is... Chris Smith. Hey, what would you write today? Did you write anything? I uh, rode the uh,
2: 2004 uh, Camry because with uh, 217,000 miles on you it. You brought us sausages. Sausage. Yeah. And I brought some gosa. Some gosa. And I yeah. uh, brought wonderful stories.
0: Oh, that's the best thing we could ever have. <laughs> and you know, who says there's no Christmas in July? Uh, <laughs> or in the shop. It's almost July, June 28th. Uh, and to his left Dan Kromke And Dan brought the bourbon cream, man Yeah Thanks, Dan That was, a, <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That was very well played As soon as you walked in, what'd you say? I can't remember what? You, you know, you forget these was yeah, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah <Right. laughs>
2: Pardon <laughs> questions, man I texted you to bring ice But you never really you? spotted.
0: Yeah I don't what? look at my phone that much Did you ride any bikes today, Dan? I did not Yeah I
3: slept until one o'clock.
0: <laughs> Jeez. I had that kind of a night last night too, but I didn't get to sleep until one o'clock. Yeah. And Oscar, dude.
3: Man, I had the weirdest luck. I tried to change the tube on my stupid CT110. Take that back. It's not a stu- stu- stupid CT110. It's the CD owner 10. that fucked it up. <laughs> Try to change the tube twice, pinched it twice. What the fuck? I do you do Because oh, have... I'm an
0: idiot. <laughs> Wait, th- now this this bike already has a Kanabi on the back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's got a not-so-Kanabi on the front.
3: No, it, both of them are okay. pre Kanabis. The problem is that the um, they're pretty stiff. Yeah, they so, are. So trying to use <laughs> One the... One of those I, tires
0: is definitely factory 1980. Yeah. Probably. Yeah.
3: So I did use the, the spoons, but yeah. on the last spoon that I need to use pinch. to... Just pinch the... Fuck. Thing. Twice. Oh. Oh, I'm going to be patching that puppy tomorrow Yeah, we'll bringing to it rim. in to use the tool, proper tools. Oh, the tube to
0: rim ratio on a CT110 yeah. is vicious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're like, so. Well. No writing for me today. Yeah, no writing today at all. Nope. And Cam, dude! Welcome back! Thanks, it's good to be back. Mm, that's... Um, so, who are you working for now? Because you're doing motor journalism. Yeah, as so kid. I'm doing
1: a lot of uh, writing for HD forums. Yep. So Harley Davidson forums. Um, writing for like a lot of different car sites. They're all under the banner of internet brands. Yeah. um So like Mustang forums, the Mustang Source, Corvette forum, uh, Ford Truck Enthusiasts, f150 Online, Honda Tech. Jaguar forums. There's like a bunch of different sites, but it's just um, I went from kind of writing like daily automotive news to realizing that like I don't really care what egg-shaped crossover is coming with Apple CarPlay next year. So I went back to writing like enthusiast stuff and I'm much happier and now I'm living like a 65-year-old retired guy, which is great because my dad's like a 70-year-old guy that's retiring this year. (laughs) So you can hang out. Yeah, so like we can go like fishing and golfing. I started golfing again this year. I still suck at it, which is good. No, that I suck the same amount I sucked when I was in high school. <laughs> oh, that's it's fantastic. Wild. Now, when you say internet brands, it's the most generic sounding
0: name, but that's I the li- name of the company. I name. literally am going to say that is the most generic yeah. sound. So, who do you work for? Internet brands. Internet brands. Which one in particular? No, no. internet brands. Internet brands.
1: Okay. Exactly. So, yeah, so I'm sorry. I also write for uh, and, BMW Car Club of America. And on internet brands, do you use words? Yes. Because, yeah, use words. <laughs> I write words. I write words. <laughs> my Facebook thing says writes words at internet brands. I should, I should make it say that. I, uh, I'm, I write a column for uh, BMW Car Club of America. I have a weekly column and a monthly column called uh, Low Class Yuppie, nice. which is how I branded myself. <laughs> That's pretty good branding. Yeah. 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 I mean, the ethos of Low Class Yuppie is that I brought home my chicken coop in a BMW station wagon yep. and I have golf clubs in the back of my $800 Mustang. Right. See? So that's the ethos of the local pretty well show. figured out. And then I also write for Scale Auto Magazine. I get to build model cars. I didn't know cars. that, really? I get to build model cars and write reviews of them and then I get paid like an obscene mm-hmm. amount of money mm-hmm. for doing that. To write a review a Scale Model car? Yeah, it's, it's fucking great. Huh. And the best part is is that when I go to like Hobby Lobby yeah. and I buy mm-hmm. like Spray paint or guess, yeah. or model kits or right. whatever. Like I get to write that off because I duck. need that for work. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your chicken coop. I have five chickens. Are they layers? Oh, yeah. I should have brought fresh eggs. You bro, should have. I, yeah. will nec- I will next time. We love eggs. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. great. Once you've had like once you've had <clears throat> actual like fresh oh, yeah. farm like chicken eggs, you can't go back. To I've been them. doing the duck egg thing, so my
0: sister in law's got ducks lacey has got ducks at her at her you know mm-hmm. property, and so she got a gaggle of ducks or whatever pile don't of ducks is him. right. Now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> not a murder. <laughs> I know it's, it's not gaggle of ducks. A and I know it's not a murder of ducks. I think it's a. I think the term is fuckton. It's a fuckton of ducks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, she might have a quarter fuckton of ducks. Okay, but they, they lay really cool eggs. I don't know if you guys have seen ducks. Yeah, eggs. They're, they're unusual colors and stuff. They're unusual colors and they're very pointy. Yeah. So they're very big, but then they come to a very distinct point. So things don't snap shut. Right. Yeah, so the duck's (laughs) co doesn't slam shut. But yeah, they look like the old tops. You'd put a string around and pull real fast. So it's like an egg is very much an egg shape. A duck egg looks very much like an exclamation point. (laughs) You know? And so the duck is just like... And that's an egg. <laughs>
2: so,
0: whoever came what up with this shape... What's the duck shape, saying there? I mean, well, he's usually saying... He? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. The duck. Yeah. She. Duckette. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Daisy Duck at that point is saying, Fuck you, Donald! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think whoever designed the exclamation point as a device <laughs> was looking at a duck egg and went... We need something that embodies the sound that that duck made when it did that. (laughs) It is loud. We're going to use the shape of a duck egg. But duck eggs are badass because they're like 80% yolk. Oh, wow. So if you like yolk, give yourself some duck eggs, motherfucker. And they are bigger. (laughs) They're like way bigger than an extra large egg. So if you make French toast with duck eggs, you are, oh, that's good. good. So, So what a lot of city folk don't know is that there are different breeds of chickens. Um, i of believe steve are. hopper steve hopper kind of schooled us on this one time okay. i didn't know that either though. yeah there's different yeah, the like
2: podcasts about the rhode chickens. island red you know, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, know. Guys, i have
0: one rhode island red and she right. is
1: like a real c like she's, okay. first, she's about to be better like, <laughs> <I don't laughs> chickens, but like she is a problem <laughs> but the rest of them i have her barred rocks which are like the black and white yeah, black ones yeah. and they're great because they're a very hardy breed that yeah. you find in the winter if it's like oh, 20 degrees below zero they're like we're fine yeah will do They'll stay out on their perch in a snowstorm, they don't give a fuck, they're fine. Yeah. But they're also really loud, so everybody told me like, oh, chickens are fine, as long as you don't have roosters, they're not loud. Uh, okay. My chickens, each and every one of them, they, they use the same nesting box, even though I have three nesting boxes for okay. them. Yeah. So they'll announce when they're about to lay an egg, Okay, they'll lay an egg, and then they'll announce that they just laid an egg. Convenient. So my You're neighbors on neighbors. both sides of me get free eggs all the time. Yes, they do. Because I really do not want them to call the city. Because right. I don't necessarily... I told... What city you in? I'm like a quarter
2: acre. Do, do, do you want more chickens? Because a buddy of mine has four, four chickens, a complete roosting box, yeah, I'm and out all of space sorts for, of stuff. I'm and, out of space
1: because I had to build another... They got they snuck out in January. Acre. So the answer is yes, you'd like it. <laughs> no, one, I need one chicken. He's in He's in Chardonnay. Oh, oh, you have all the chickens advanced. you want
2: yeah. there. Yeah. 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 I need more and, and he lets it run free, and he's yeah. got it kind of uh, fenced in so that uh, foxes can't get in and get them. Well, for us, like the it.
1: problem was a hawk. So they somehow snuck yeah. out in January, and a hawk <laughs> attacked one of them. Yeah. are right okay. you have five chickens, you can name them. So they're all named after. It's supposed to name seniors. them. <laughs> why well, don't eat them? Because why <laughs> eat dinner once when you can have breakfast every day? Well, when they get sick and die, then you don't, then want, it's to, you don't want to bury them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this one got, like, torn open by a hawk. Yeah. and we nursed her back to health basement. Yeah, she got
0: she Gotta got fucked up. Her breast That's plant. not the part of the part in the story I was shocked by. I was shocked by the nursing, the nursing part of it. Back yeah. To health. yeah. So she's like she acts like a pet cat. You just now. repaired your food. Yeah, we repaired Your food is broken and you fixed it.
1: <laughs> Fat ass. So we
0: wait, I'm going to turn this burger back into a cow.
1: <laughs> so when it got warm out, we tried to reintroduce her, but since she was the lowest in the pecking order already, they were, like, really brutal to her, ah, especially that... Rhode origination, origination of a statement. Pecking order. Yeah. Correct use of them. You can actually look. My chickens are, like, nesting dolls in terms yeah. of size, and the largest is the top of the pecking order, and then the smallest, which is Loretta, the one that was injured, is the very bottom. That's so I had order. to build her her own little apartment coop <laughs> that's a separate coop, because especially the Rhode Island red that was second to the bottom of the pecking order would try to beat her up all the time. Uh, but she'll come running because, like, I would spend so much time hanging out with her in the basement because I felt bad she wasn't outside, so yeah. I'd go down and write and she would roost on like we have a subfloor she would roost on the subfloor and like come up to me and like let me pat Aww. and then i actually published a couple articles that had extra zeros and plus signs in them because she saw me typing and she would peck at the keys when she wanted attention Aww. she was really sweet <laughs> but when the other chickens like give her shit and when we let them run while we're out your there your food is adorable <laughs> she'll run up to me and like look up at me like a little kid like dad the other kids are beating up on me so it's I've- here's your ccl
2: my god man
0: my lord that's uh I have, I have 10 no minutes idea. and 33 seconds sorry, we chickens. went full fucking foul on you yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry for the chicken stories <laughs> oh my god that would be a that would be a motorcycle podcast
1: if, foul if you're listening uh, to me, it uh, <laughs> you just gotta come pick them up
0: yeah go, falls. oh uh <clears throat> i've been riding the royal alloy since we talked about the podcast last week <clears throat> so i put about 200 miles on it um, first of all, it has been doing well. But It has not missed a beat. I have ridden it more times on the freeway than anyone should admit.
3: Does it feel softer? Because that was one of the things that was.
0: Right? I, I believe either it has become more supple or I have okay. one of the two. But I can let you know that from Porco to my house, which is no short rip. No, uh, that's a long rip. Uh, that's got to be almost thirty miles. Yeah. With extra tiger in the tank too. Yeah, well, that was tiger in my tank, but yeah, uh, yeah, I was with. Uh, if you like to say, you say when motorcycles are weighed, they're weighed dry or they're weighed wet. Um, I was at wet curb weight at that point, <laughs> Went leaving Porco last night, and uh, yeah, just got down uh, full tuck. Uh, I was doing at the uh, what was that the Raleigh uh, the Cannonball Baker. Uh, method of getting naked and laying in a full prone position on the motorcycle to achieve top speed velocity, no helmet. Uh, I was doing, I was doing my version of that. Yeah, I was was doing, I was in a fetal position as much of my body behind the leg shields as possible. No helmet arm behind me uh, for enhanced drafting or enhanced aerodynamics and achieved a indicated 71.0, Chinese distance units per hour, which turns out to be as confirmed with weighs 64.5 miles per hour. Hmm. There is a 10% optimistic speedo error in that bike, which is kind of consistent for a lot of motorcycles. No, 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 no. I was never at any risk of being pulled over for speed.
3: Last time I was looking at the manual, I couldn't find the top speed spec on that manual at
0: all. I wouldn't put it in there. (laughs) <laughs> what's that 400cc bike 150 no. with a carburetor oh, the, was it's a Chinese so, 150 one. 50 with a carburetor and a very wide ass uh it's that, it's that ivory-colored bike over there with the red seats. and Oh. <laughs> yeah, the folk. Uh, Stefan called it, my favorite one is the Scambretta. <laughs> <laughs> you going to ride the Scambretta? I think I'm going to ride oh the Scambretta. God. That's impressive.
1: It this, was, whole, this whole time, I thought you were talking about like, the G400. Uh, I'm like, man, yeah. 71 out no, of the G400. That's G, pretty good. Yeah, that's the G400 runs
0: about 90. Jesus yeah, Christ. We've had that up to about 90 miles an hour. And that's confirmed on the GPS. Um, but the Scambretta, which... Uh, I'm shocked, you know, and you're riding this this way, right? It takes a certain amount of conditioning to ride at maximum velocity in a full-tuck, head, chin resting on the speedometer, DOT hair in place, and one arm behind your back, knowing that at any moment this Chinese bike might cease like wheel could fall off or anything else. Like, we've gone through the bike. We've gone over every inch of it to make sure that it's safe and it's not going to explode out. Well, parts aren't going to fall off on of it, right?
2: So you're going to need some
0: courage riding that bike. Well, yeah. So Yeah, and I make <coughs> sure that uh, the bikes... I like the, the ground clearance on that thing. It's excessive. That's a fucking mid-Ohio bike. It's a monster one. Yeah, it is a monster Can truck. you put knobbies on that thing? I would like to, and to measure And a cage it... over the headlight? I don't think we need... Either of those from in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe Yeah, it's, it's dumbass hipsters like. Would buy that? Oh yeah, that's that thing is full on six days trials Lambretta, but I do want to measure it against the proper Lambretta because it does look real tall. But you, when you see a real Lambretta, they're actually kind of real tall too. Yeah. And the difference is, the real Lambretta is running on ten-inch wheels, and this is running on twelve. wheels. So that might be the variance in height alone. It's your rough it, country lift kit, right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's the. Rough Exactly. So that's but that's it. It was really uh I was happy to say it was singing along and by the time I got home it was making the happy exhaust noises the Yeah. So yeah, I got home at about one thirty, uh after a good thirty minute rip from the house. And it's uh it shocked me that it was it did not miss a single beat, like nothing. And it's the tank's about a quarter full. My tank was three quarters. Uh, it was just perfect. I mean, so, so you're past the break-in period, on it? No,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nowhere near the break-in period. Uh, so we're going
3: half throttle, right? Cause that's, that's, that's yeah.
0: well, the front half and the back half.
3: Oh, right, 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 right. right, yeah, right I'm right,
0: doing right. two half throttles. <laughs> I'm doing the first half and the second half, but I'm never exceeding half. Just half
2: because we reviewed the break-in uh, we reviewed the procedure. The break-in
0: last week. Break-in so, but I'm going to say so far, completely <laughs> fucking impressed. But 200 miles. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't you, if you get real excited So buy it now. Yeah, if you get real excited about a bike at 200 miles, fuck you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Call me when it's got 5,000 miles on it. We'll, we'll talk about things. But I'm trying to put as many miles as I can on it as quickly as possible. So, borrow a bike there you go the uh yeah so that's but that was kind of fun that was the update i wanted to give about that particular bike speedometer 10 percent
1: optimistic to do it. i could do a uh, comparison test for you on that i'm gonna i'm about to do it. i'm going to ride a harley davidson topper
0: oh so you say
1: are you gonna get gonna one from ben no, my buddy Myron has oh, two okay. of them actually. Oh, really? Oh, wow. One, one of them's got a sidecar and it's a steel sidecar. It's like the he's got all of the rarest shit. So he had a running topper and he's like, oh, this isn't rare enough, apparently. You got to find a metal sidecar. He found one not only, yeah, with a sidecar, yeah. but with a steel sidecar, right not, a, not a fiberglass sidecar. But I yeah. the sidecar one's not running, but the other one is like perfect. And I really want to do a comparison test for HD forums of that. Realistically, it would be ideal to compare that to a contemporary Vespa or Lambretta.
0: No, it would be realistic to compare it to a '59 Cushman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Right, but it would be mm-hmm. hilarious because you got to remember that in its day, right, that Harley Topper was Harley showing up to the Vespa and Lambretta game a day late and a dollar short. Oh yeah, it was like it was a. It's a pole start bike. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. got like
1: nothing for instrumentation. Yeah. It's completely.
0: No, I mean it's like. I'm sorry, you don't look quite foolish enough on your Vespa. Let's make you start it with a rope. Yeah. And let's not paint the underside, because this thing is not going to last long enough to need paint on the bottom. I can't
1: tell, yeah. too, if there's, like, uh. I can't tell if there's, like, really much of anything in the way a luggage space on it. just ridiculous. No, I don't think there is. They're long like a freight train. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they
0: look super. No, they it look looks like, like a, a highly stylized rendering. <laughs> they look like a repurposed refrigerator box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's just there's no when you look at a Harley Topper, you're like, uh, oh, wow. They really couldn't afford anything that made curves. <laughs> yeah. it curves looks, were like illegal
1: on that. It one. looks very much like a Harley like a in, a Harley Davidson uh interpretation of the scooter concept. Which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> in its own way, in the way of like a, it looks like it looks like it's got like if you took a pan head right and a scooter yeah and put them together it sure should be it. more pan head than scooter.
0: I I think that the same design element when you look at as elegant as a Cushman Eagle was, which was a baby Harley <laughs> Davidson, or the Mustang, which was a, a beautiful bike. When you look at those bikes the and they're Davidson completely, type. you know, they're oh. pretty, right? But when you look at both any of the Cushman scooters, uh not the Mustang, or I'm sorry, not the Eagle, but the Turtleback and everything else that they did, the Bo Diddley bike, you know, and stuff like that. These things were the boxes that other shit came in just <laughs> screwed together with like, oh, what do you got? Well, I got a, I got a three horsepower husky motor. Fuck it, put it underneath. Well, does it looks yeah. like it looks like if they made a boy version of like a Yeah, there's like a there's there is not one curve on there. Right? There is nothing there is Nothing on there that could be loosely construed as aerodynamic. All the things. This will that go in the it, show notes. Yeah, forget Harley Topper, dude. You don't know what a Harley Topper is. I don't know what a Harley Topper is, so fuck everyone, you. Everyone, say everything that, that makes that look. Say, say Harley Davidson scooter.
1: Yeah, like, everything that makes that bike look distinctive though yeah. destroys like the balance and center of gravity of it. It's like even just cool. sitting on it in, yeah. in Myron's garage is like yeah. I'm like I'm gonna probably die riding this. I've be a really awful story. They
0: ride like shit. Yeah. Like they ride properly fucked up and that's saying something when you compare it to the same Vespa of the day which had 8 inch wheels yeah. Yeah. the Harley had these big 12 inch wheels mm-hmm. on it or 13 inch wheels on it Um, the Vespa had 8 inch wheels and the Vespa felt better put together than the Harley that weighed nearly twice as much yeah. but at least they did Make you suffer the indignity of pulling a rope to start your fucking bike.
1: Yeah, you know? I actually, I, I actually, this is an article that I wrote about Thank it on you. HD forums, and I think I mentioned something the effect of it's such a departure that yeah. even something that small,
0: with the Harley bad, mm-hmm. four times. Oh yeah, four times. <laughs> yeah, because there's no way you could tell. Did a restoration on one year ago. That yeah, around in uh, the southeast Harley Davidson uh, diner there for ages. I might still be hanging there right now. And I did a restoration. The, the gentleman <clears throat> paid me an obscene amount of money to make this overly correct restoration and I went to a lot of trouble looking at books, looking at pictures, looking at all kinds of information about them and it was such a mad dash for Harley-Davidson to say well... We need to make money on something. And these Vespas and these Lambrettas are selling like madness. And Sears is selling All States, And Montgomery Wards is selling Riverside's, which are just rebadged Vespas and Lambrettas. We need to sell a goddamn bike. They cobbled together that thing in a way that only somebody from Milwaukee could do, <laughs> while watching somebody from Nebraska do it with a Cushman badge. Like, watching Nebraskans do a Cushman and went... <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the headlight housing is a pain, Cam.
1: Oh, I'm coming over to your side. absolutely is because a pain. From, <laughs> this, from yeah. this angle, it's a very yeah. attractive-looking bike. <laughs> when you go to
0: the side view, <laughs> it looks like an igloo cooler with wheels. I'm going to destroy everything you know about that, <laughs> because if you type in Lego Scooter... The toy oh, Lego shit. scooter. No, I have one. On my, that? Yeah, that that's probably
1: you? why I like it because it's been sitting in my kitchen. <laughs> I have the little set that came with the pizza yeah. food truck, yeah. and it's got the scooter. That it's delivers. Got the scooter. It looks that's got scooter, and that's probably a why I
0: like it, looks it. Just like a topper. God, you did ruin that yeah. for me. Playmobil did a scooter too. And it looks just like the topper <laughs> because it's the least number of curves. It's the easiest <laughs> to make. Yeah, right? most efficient, most affordable to make. I've had. I've ridden a couple of toppers. I've worked on a couple of toppers. They're really, really bad. Will I die? No. No, but you're not going to go fast enough to have any fun.
1: Okay. I mean, you know. Well, I go fast enough to be able to write an article
0: about it and make money. Oh, of course of you That's Absolutely. all I care about. But I do think it's right to, to compare the alloy, right? Mm-hmm. Because the alloy is a cheap knockoff and late-to-the-game kind of thing of a whole other genre of bikes, right? Because If, if I can borrow the well, alloy for like come, three yeah, days. Yeah. But, the, the, al- the alloy is... It would have had some sin- significant impact had it arrived here six years ago, right? And that's when everybody kind of asked for it and wanted it. And we had a prototype, a Scamati Phaser prototype that people were really excited about. The Royal Alloy, though, it just it just showed up really late, and it's a Chinese made bike, so it's Chinese made bike, and it's emulating what it's emulating classic scooters like the Vespa, the Piaggio bikes. It's emulating what's the that. price point? Thirty five hundred bucks. How's that compared to what it's emulating? That's fucking cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So a Vespa, a modern Vespa 150 is going to set you back about fifty two hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So that
2: is that what they're what they're trying to trying to come in
0: low? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think that that's I mean, It's a great strategy. There's nothing wrong ever. I really
1: dig the twin, like the very visible twin front shocks, that looks, that's very cool looking. Like I said, that thing with like knobby tires and like a grill over the headlight, like <laughs> nobody's going to care if it's functional. And, it's and just a very cool. obviously
0: Lambretta front fork, yeah. you know, that you could look like you could steal that off of and put it on any real Lambretta.
1: <clears throat> so I, I really, I'm really impressed that given that that's like a bargain basement Chinese scooter, like mm-hmm. the switch gear and stuff, yeah. like the haptic response of all the switches yeah. and all the stuff you're touching
0: constantly. Yeah. Feels well, pretty nice. This isn't a $999 Chinese bike. This is a $3,500 Chinese bike. And that's what we talked about <clears> last <throat> week's podcast. was like, we have to get used to the idea that we can't just say, fuck you, China, when we have to say, like, oh, uh, uh, maybe it's not so bad. But again, let's get 5,000 miles on one and see what she does. So, wow. so so did cinch buy a 999 bike? I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, we, that was, yeah, I was going to try yeah, to chat about anyway. it, so, and it. And... It's a tau tau, which is even like that's like truly flirting with the devil at that point. Because we've had (laughs) like when they don't even the devil won't even when they don't even
1: try to make the name like sound um, English at all. Yeah, yeah. So I bought uh, tires to put to put my car in the museum. I bought tires that were the stock size, like super narrow tires, Mm -hmm. and they were um the name of the tires is Linglong Linglong Crosswind. Linglong Crosswind. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm buying. I'm buying staggered oh, yeah. 18 by 9s yeah. and 18 by 10s later right. this year. Mm-hmm. I am not spending more than $200 no. on tires for the car to just it's sit just in the museum. into a, whole, into a museum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I swear I'm going to destroy those. I yeah, cannot wait not? until my new wheels come because I'm just, I, I can just put the fronts on the back of and course. just do it again. <laughs> I just and I just need do-over. I just need a garden hose and some bleach That's and I'm it. gonna spray the yep. whole quarter panel and rear bumper down with
0: Pam cooking hey, spray and I'm just motor mounts are cheap. Until yeah, until the cops come. <laughs> That's it. Oh man. Uh, what and so that was just the basic the real quickie Chinese update. So today we had a dude come into the shop and the dude that came into the shop uh, called ahead of time and said, Hey, I run an Orlando I run a car I run a museum in Orlando, Florida I'm on my way up to your shop. I'm not going to try to do his accent. Cause he had a pretty heavy accent. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to come up to your shop and I'm going to, I'm going to make your day. You're, you're going to have the greatest, best day of your life. I wow. Said, wow. Dude, you are, you are not fucking around. Right. And, uh, and he says, oh, no, I'm, I'm in town for a wedding. And since I'm in town for the wedding, I'm going to come in and do you, you have vintage bikes? I said, yeah, we have a few vintage bikes here, not as many as we used to, but we do have a few. And so but if you come in, yeah, I'll show you some vintage bikes. I buy bikes. I buy bikes. I buy cars. I buy bikes. I buy everything. I buy, you know, I buy whatever. So I'm going to come in your shop. I'm going to make your day today. I'm going to make your day. I said, OK, great, dude. Show up first. Right. <laughs> Let's turn this auditory conversation into a real-life, you know, first-person shooter, right? And uh, (laughs) he shows up. He's gotten a a night in jail for saying that to somebody. (laughs) He he turns up with his two henchmen, and they they park their car poorly and whatever, and they they hop out. And they come into the shop. And he, like, at the door, platinum, like, platinum custom-made jewelry with his initials. With diamonds in it. And this looks like the thing you get out of this fifty cent dumbbell mm-hmm. machine. Yep. Except you know that it's real and it's offensive on a seventy-three year old man, you know, of of you know Grecian um. Uzbekistanian background of some sort. I don't know. Seventy three-year-old man of very little dick. I know, yeah, I have no idea, man. But so he immediately is like, I'm gonna make th- today's gonna be the best day of your life. And I went, Really? Better than the day I got married? The day I got out of the military, the day I wasn't a cop anymore, the day I sold my airstream, the day I sold my Alfa Romeo—these were all pretty great days. And you're telling me this day is going to be better than those days? I don't know. Have baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Impress me. Yeah. And uh, so he immediately says, "All right, all right. So I have the Orlando Auto Museum, and you know, I said, okay." much renowned. I don't care what fucking goofy drives, right? I don't know what the Orlando Auto Museum is, but I really don't care at all because this is... My you don't empire. live in Orlando.
4: Yeah, you're
0: in my <laughs> empire now. So he proceeds to go. He goes, alright, take me on a tour of the shop. I'm like, okay, great. I'll take you on a tour of the shop. It's going to take about 97 seconds. You can see most of it from where we're standing. So I took him on a tour of the shop and what happened is as I walked him around, he goes, "Go get your, go get your yellow legal pad. And uh, we're to walk around the shop, and I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna buy. I knew he opened the conversation talking about historical vehicles, talked about vintage vehicles. Now, in the, in the room with us right now is a uh, early '60s Aramaki Harley Davidson custom mm-hmm. build. That's a vintage vehicle. It's pretty cool by any standards. and it's super cool. There's a, a '74 Lambretta Cervetta in bright yellow. There's a Series 2 Lombretta, 1960, <clears throat> pretty cool. Um, uh, ET3, or it's actually an Allstate uh, VMA-1, small Vespa. We got a 1963 first-year Vespa GL. We got a couple of Vespa P-Series over there. Those are all legit. And then we got, you know, PX-150 and Stellas and whatever else. So we got all the things that could be construed as vintage vehicles. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, scooters. Can and I try do to do his accent? Go ahead. Without having nothing.
3: Because we got illegal
0: yeah, uh, kind of, kind pretty, of close. pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. And uh, so I, I grab my yellow legal pad, and this is a yellow legal pad. It's kind of it faded a little bit. Well, I like for I go for My grandmother had a fridge that color. Pastel. It's the pastel. Ah, yeah. So uh, made in America, by the way. But anyhow, <laughs> so the bikes he picks as we walk around my showroom are a 2009 BV 500 in ivory, and he says, "Oh, for the museum, I like bright colors. I like bright colors." I, whatever I don't know what's in his music that but he my says grandmother
1: also had I think she replaced the
0: fridge that was this color with a fridge that color that color is called sienna ivory it's pretty I yeah, like it it is pretty <laughs> kind of a, uh, a rich bone color uh so speaking of this rich bone that was walking through my shop he uh <laughs> so he goes and the GTV 300 which is cool espresso colored Vespa 300 mm-hmm. badass Piaggio MP3 okay Hmm. And I keep looking back at the vintage cool stuff that he is not talking about. So then we go to the, uh, the 2012 Vespa LXV 150, also mm. not remotely a classic, in no. a lovely shade of espresso, chocolate, coffee, bean, bean brown. The 2008 Stella and the Vespa hmm. PX150, the 2005 Vespa PX150 hmm. in Series America, you know, Portofino Green. And then a brand new Piaggio Liberty S in red. Brand new. So, of all these bikes, there's not a single bike in here that's older than 2006. Yeah, the PX is like the closest to a vintage Yeah, 2005. You're right. So, that's the oldest bike is the PX. When did they stop selling the PX in the U.S.? 2006, I think. Jesus. It's kind of a one-year, two-year thing. But anyway, so I I write these things down, and I write down my prices. And the prices of all these bikes put together comes out to $42,000 with no tax, no title, just the price, the prima, as I say, prima facie uh, price on the handlebars, okay, no extra fees, so it's $42,000, so he goes, oh, okay, what's the price you're going to give me today? I'm going to buy these bikes right now, give me the price today, $42,000, give me the price right now today, and I said, well, that's only nine bikes, and those are nine bikes that I will sell within the next 30 days. So why would I take a discount on them at all? Because they're all priced fairly and they will all sell before summer's over. So why would I sell them for any less than I have on them (coughs) at all? Well, I'm going to buy them all at one time. And I said, yeah, but I'm not going out of business. Like, I don't need the money tomorrow. I'm okay. I'm doing fine. You know? It's not like I got somebody waiting to break my knees because I owe the money. No, I'm doing great. I can pay the bills. We're, we're cool, man. And I'm like, so I'll tell you what, because you're here, I'll give you $750 off on each bike. If you buy them all today, I'll do the whole lot for $35,500. $35, and he goes, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Uh, tell you what, we'll do it for an even 30000 And I said, that's me giving you a $1,500 discount on every single bike that's in this pile. And he starts talking over me. And I said, you're in my house. You can't talk over me. You need to listen to what I have to say. You're trying to buy something I have to sell, and you're a guest. And I said, you know what? You're a visitor in my shop. He goes, oh, if I'm a visitor, where's where's the... Coffee. Where's the donuts? Where's the this? Where's the that? I said no, no. I didn't say I didn't say you were a guest. I said you were a visitor. I said you're a visitor. You're a customer. So no, no. We're not going to do that. And then this son of a bitch goes. Well, you know, I got a museum, and I, and I was like, I don't care what and he goes. I've I've got sixty Vespas, and I said, yeah. And in the past ten years, I've sold six hundred Vespas, m- way more. So I, whatever. Oh, well, and he was really being a dick. And uh, <laughs> so then he said, okay, 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 okay. So he changes the deal. And now he says he just wants one, two, three, four, five. He just wants the five bikes. So I give him the price for five bikes. And then I give him a discount. But I give him the discount in front of his face. I take my pen out and I say, all right, these five bikes that you want are $17,600. I'm going to do it for, you can see where I had written a 16. So I had written sixteen three and I turned it into fifteen eight right in front of him. So that's telling him that I'm giving him right off the bat, a $500 discount over what I had initially said. And he goes, make it 13,000. We got a deal. Oh my God. And I said, this is the point where you have to leave my establishment. Because all you're doing is wasting my time. Mm. And you're misinterpreting my situation. I am not under financial duress. I'm not in pressure to sell any of these bikes to you. Because all of these bikes will sell to happy people who are going to love them and ride them every day. And they're not going to get stuck in some cold clammy museum. So this might not have been the best day of your life. (laughs) So I then asked him, I said, well, you came in about the best day of my life and in scenario one I'm losing seven thousand dollars in scenario two I'm losing four thousand dollars that's not only not the best day of my life it's one of the worst days I've ever had I once had ten thousand dollars cash stolen out of a pickup truck that is on record as being one of the worst days of my life my van was stolen black Betty the e 350 that's on record as being one of the worst days of my life And losing $7,000 to get rid of nine pieces of premium inventory would also be right up there in the same category. So I invited him to go fuck his hat in the (laughs) nicest way possible, and he left. With his henchmen. With his henchmen. And his henchmen were kind of nodding like, look, dude, we... We, we agree with you. You're holding your price and you're totally firm and you're giving a, a giant goddamn discount. You're giving a $750 discount per bike because he's buying nine bikes. So you can't say you didn't give him a discount. He just wants to steal these things. And I was like, yeah, he wants to steal it. So off he fucks. So James and Renee were like, what the fuck? Golf clap. <laughs> like, we should have filmed that shit. That was brilliant because he came in here like a goddamn bull. And I was like... Well, he had the jewelry. He did. He did. <laughs> and I was just like, not in my house, motherfucker. So then uh, I'm going to flash forward exactly... And I let him walk out the door. Because he kept looking over his shoulder like I was going to say, well, well, hold on. And I, no. <laughs> Don't get hit back into the traffic. Cause you park like a dickhead. All right. So he writes me back. He goes, hi, this is Michael from the Orlando Auto Museum. Leaving Cleveland tomorrow. If you are in a better mood... A mood to do business. Feel free to call me. Have fun tonight. Give me his phone number. So I wrote down, I just just wrote down, even hours after you've gone, I still feel great about my decision.
1: (laughs) This goes back to what I said right before we started the podcast. We have so many creative ways of telling people. To eat shit and,
0: as you said, fuck their own hat. Which I'm stealing for personal use, by the way. I stole it. Why not? You can re-steal it. Um, Then he says, at least Google me. This is when when he said, I'm a big deal. Don't
3: you know who I am? Don't you
0: know who I am? (laughs) When a dude has to text you, at least Google me. Michael Deezer. And you might decide that it's not too late for you to establish a relationship with my Orlando Auto Uh, Museum.
1: How is a museum in Orlando going to help you in Cleveland, Ohio?
0: And is that not just a threat? It kind of feels like a threat to me. At least Google me, Michael Deezer, and you might decide that it's not too late for you to establish a relationship with my Orlando Auto Museum. Boy, you know... First, I thought you were just a fat slob. And then I realized you were Ron Jeremy. Now I want to (laughs) fuck (laughs) you. No, I don't want to fuck you. I'll listen to you tell some stories, but I don't want to fuck you.
1: So then I wrote, well, then I wrote
0: back. Because, you know, this communications thing goes both ways. Mm. And I'm sure he's really angry that I'm giving this information out. And because we have podcast Mm. listeners all over the world, I'm sure somebody's going to call him and be like, Dude, you got to listen to this. You're
3: an (laughs) ass. I wrote back,
0: back, I'd rather have no relationship with your operation than a bad relationship. I gave you my price. It was more than fair. And your collection is absolutely staggering. He writes back, sorry, we can't finish a deal. If you're ever in Orlando, be sure to visit my museum as my guest. I wrote, thank you. We will definitely take you up on that. So then, retroactively, ready, fire, aim. I looked his museum up. (laughs) Oh, my fucking God. He has well over a thousand cars. I've never known anyone who had seven Batmobiles, but he has seven Batmobiles. He has like three Bat-boats. To, we spent some time going to the Orlando Car Museum's website today and looking at what he has. He has, like, every James Bond car. Like, not replicas, the ones from the movie. He has cars from movies that you forgot had cars in them. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all of the Cannonball Run shit. Got it. He's got all of the Death Race 2000 shit. Got it. All the Fred Flintstone stupid stuff. He's got that, too. Um, he's got Robert, Roger Rabbit cars. He's got the Who Horton Heerza, Not Horton Heerza, uh, Grinch Who Stole Christmas cars from the, the Whoville Honestly, with all the shit he has, him. if you told me there were cars in the Horton Here's a Who movie, yeah.
1: I would have no choice but to believe you. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And he's got three of those little
0: death jets that'll kill you.
1: Yeah, the BBD five. Yeah. Like if you stand next to a BBD five, <laughs> right. you
0: die. You die. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's got the, from the from the James Bond movie number first movie, Doctor No. Oh yeah. The Ursula Andress scene where there's the dragon on the beach shooting flames, which is like an armored personnel carrier. He has that. He's got that vehicle. He has the Mach what 5. The fuck, he's he got a, two Mach 5s right, or something like that. Yeah. What the <clears heart? throat> So, again, <laughs> still Ron Jeremy. My, my example still holds true. <laughs> I still don't want to fuck him. I'm pretty sure he's got a mental illness because I've been in this man's position, except he just has way more money. <laughs> like, I, at one point, I had well over 60 bikes. But. If he's got that much more money. Yeah. This is pencil shaving to a That's kinda that, that, so, that's so, the biggest insult in the world. So, so
2: for him yeah, to be douchebagging around game, right? for for right. 700, 800 bucks. Yeah, exactly. The guy so the truth of the matter is yeah. the guy's either a complete fucking chiseler. Right. Or right. he's completely uh, you know, spent as far as having any money to do anything and you know it's like fuck you and by the way if you if we have any listeners down in orlando if you do me a favor, at about 3 in the morning, go up and take a dump on his front. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. We'll send just, you a hat you can fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a nice little steamer on his front uh, porch we'll there. We'll send you a sticker. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but And I a guess, shop
0: rag. And I don't condone that behavior on behalf of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Yeah, but,
2: but you know what? But, Come but on. I will tell you this.
0: Quit being a douchebag. <laughs> you know, like if you want to, to tell buy this shit, right. fucking buy this shit. We don't tell people all the time, there's a right way to do the deal and a wrong way to do the deal. And last week, we had a cat come in here. Um, well, uh, he was great. He called on the phone. He says, you guys have any mopeds? My my kid's 14 years old. He wants to ride a bike, etc." Did he ride said, up on a uh, LeSabre, Buick Sabre? No, he did not run on a Buick Sabre. He <laughs> rode him in a Toyota Santa minivan or something like that, Honda Odyssey minivan, whatever. But he had three kids with him. And he's, you know, um, Indian guy, you know, dot, not um, feather. And <laughs> super cool, rad dude. He comes in. And he's looking, and he's like, "Well, I want to buy this Honda Metropolitan we've got for like nine hundred bucks, like just a real basic, barely you know getting the job done Honda Metropolitan." And but he brings the kids in, and they're looking around, and they decide to up up their game to like the the more pricey, like twelve hundred dollar Honda Metropolitan. Yeah, right on, well done. And so while he's buying that for his, his one of his kids, um, what was it? nephew? <clears throat> I was like, okay, great. And He looks over and he goes, oh, the G four hundred C. He looks at that and he goes, that's really nice. I say, yeah. He goes, we know in India, I had a, a Royal Enfield a a, a Bullet three fifty, and I went, that's cool. Nice, yeah. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I like this. You know, sit on. He goes, feels real good and stuff. I was like, yeah, it's four hundred CCs. It's got more power than your Enfield had, but it's cool. He goes, oh, I like this beautiful bike. It's gorgeous. And uh, it was the uh, it was the red one. And uh, he was fantastic. I have very rarely dealt with a negotiator that was as, as well-versed and as good at negotiating as he was. He made it real clear he only wanted to buy the Honda Metropolitan. But he could buy the, the, the G400C if the deal was right. Yeah. And he was more than happy to walk away from it. And he said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I don't want you to deliver it to my house. I don't want to pay $90 to have it delivered. Here's what I want is I want to do this kind of a deal. I want to do this kind of a price. And I went, no, I'm not going to reduce the price of the bike. I'm not going to discount the bike. It's a brand new bike. It's perfect. It's fresh. I don't need to discount it. It's a good bike and people have a demand for it. I'm not going to discount it a penny. I'll work with you on some of the other stuff. And I said, I'll tell you what, I will give you the delivery for free. And deliver it to your driveway for free. He lives like Twinford or something. I was, okay. Hmm. And he said, you know what? No, I'm pretty sure I can get this bike in the back of this minivan. And I said, you mean bikes plural? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, not with those three kids in there. He goes, the three kids can sit on each other's laps, they'll be fine. <laughs> This guy (laughs) let me molest his Toyota van or his Honda van putting these two bikes in there. And he didn't give a fuck about, like, how they went in. He was good. Like, I was grabbing cardboard and bubble wrap and putting them between stuff because there's nowhere to put a tie-down strap or anything. And there's no way I can build a triangle in there to make a true good load. It's just now just, like, lean them against each other and, like, shoehorn them in. Because it wasn't like we could take the four seats out of this thing and store them here. (laughs) Right? The seats had to stay in the van, you know? And it was a real challenge. And, yeah, he left here with the passenger seat maxed all the way forward, with the seat back going all the way forward. Three kids sitting in the passenger seat, triple stacked in under the seatbelt. The oldest boy is, like, 14 and then, like, 11 and then, like, 9. So, they're, like, Russian (laughs) nesting dolls in the front seat. Scene of the crime is going to be spectacular. (laughs) And then we got that in, and he was like, okay. So, I there was a luggage rack on the back of the bike that was like a hundred dollar item that we had for display purposes, but it wasn't part of the deal. You so have to pay for it. And he goes, so he goes, I want the luggage rack for free. Okay. He goes, I, 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 want it loaded into my van right now. Okay. I want to leave here with this thing in about 31 minutes. Okay. And I want to, You know, this is the price I want to pay across for the Metropolitan and the G400. And I went, Deal. I don't have to drive it to Twinsburg. That saves me a couple Uh hours of my life. I don't have to load it in the back of my truck. That saves me some time of my life. He's going to take it right now. The bikes are going to be gone. The paper's going to be done. That motherfucker knew how to negotiate. He rolled out of here. He saved about 400 bucks across the two bikes. He's super happy. The kids got an upgrade on the bike they wanted. He got a bike he didn't know he wanted. It's all stuffed in the back of his minivan, and I was never so happy to negotiate. So he has a museum
3: guy, in Twinsburg, right? He has
0: no museum in Twinsburg. What? Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fuck, he's just man. a dude, right? Yeah. But I was never so happy to negotiate because every step of the way he was he was willing to give and take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's and, I, that,
1: that's why negotiate. A lot of people think they love negotiating, right. And they forget what's fun about
0: negotiating. Exactly. Right. It's when both parties go. That was tight, yeah. And when both parties go, whew, that was tight. But you got adrenaline, and you're there. This guy took my number and went under it <laughs> you just pissed on him. and pissed on And pissed on So like, he didn't even go like, okay, I'm gonna take your number and we're gonna meet halfway or something. He just took my number and was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go another thirty percent under your number. Well, that's not negotiating. That's saying it costs ten. I'm gonna give it to you for eight. And you're gonna say, well, I want it for five. That's not negotiating. There's no negotiations there. <laughs> there's it costs ten. You know what? I'll give it to you for eight, and you go fantastic. I'll take it for eight, or maybe you can throw in a little more cheese on there. Maybe make it make it smell a little better, and then we'll do like eighty two hundred, and then I'm, I'm going to get more more gear out of the deal. There's a there's a way to build a good deal. Some people can do it. Some people can't do it. This guy, this guy today couldn't do it. Yet, he's got thousands of fucking cool-ass things that are all sitting in place, (laughs) drying out, rotting out, being no fun for anybody unless you pay admission to go see the museum, which I strongly recommend you do because he's got some cool shit. He's got he some knows. super cool shit.
2: But just make sure you step over the dump that's going to be at the front door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if there's
0: a flaming bag of something, don't step it out. <laughs> if you see a flaming bag of something in front that says Merry Christmas, don't step it out. <laughs> Thank so you. there's that.
1: I'm here all week. Try what's the, the best, What's the best deal you've ever gotten? Like, what's the me best? personally? Yeah, you personally. Like, you what's, even even like outside of like the dealership, just personally
0: buying selling vehicles. What's the best? I can't I can't go back that far at all. I've had, I've had people give me vehicles. Okay. I mean, I've had people give me stuff that was really nice, just because I'd given them solids in the past and they were getting out of the game, and they were just like, you know what? When I would started a relationship with them, $2,000 was a lot of money, but they had skyrocketed into being good humans that were earning more money and, and their life was getting better and better and better so that $2,000 wasn't a lot of money to them anymore. And they were getting out of the game so that when they were getting out of the game and I was going there and buying like four or five bikes from them as they're getting out of the game, they were like, you know what? That one right there, that's for you. That one, you're not buying that one from me. We're just giving it to you. Wow! And there's people that when you do that, the the ivory scooter behind us that we got priced at 5,200 bucks, we sold it to the owner. This bike, when it was brand new, was about 7,800, eight thousand bucks. The guy put 500 miles on it. He gave it to a friend of his. Gave it to him. Again. I'm not using this thing I'm wealthy I'm doing great I'm going to give this to you and that dude said wow that is so fucking honorable that is you know what I'm going to cherish this thing I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to love this thing so much because your, our friendship means that much I'm going to cherish this thing all the way between here and Cleveland Modo <laughs> <laughs> and that dude brought it into the shop and said what will you give this give me for this right now and we were like you well, know, yeah, I mean, we got three of those and we don't really need it. And that, yeah, well, the, and the dude literally in said, problem. in this case, the guy was just like, I'll take a thousand dollars. And we went, You okay. win.
4: Yeah.
0: I can't negotiate like that. You'll take a thousand dollars. You will take a thousand dollars. I'm going to insist on giving you a thousand dollars after I carefully inspect that title and make sure that it's signed where it needs right. to be signed and it matches the bike in every way possible and it's not lightly stolen. Everything about <laughs> this deal rolling. Everything about this deal had to be good But that's the point is Somebody liked that guy enough to give him Something badass and that dude liquidated it In like a nanosecond <laughs> that's Somebody depressing. gave me a bike 15 years ago Because they Again, bad situation And I still have that bike Because it would be disrespectful as fuck yeah. Yeah. To sell that bike that somebody yeah, was nice enough to give to me Thank you for saying that Well, good giver the- but- Well, and it's just a classy move or not a classy move. And you know what's fun is I ride that bike and it is a bike that I ride and I love it and I enjoy it and I have no desire to sell it and I don't need to sell it. Now someday I might need to sell it. And when I do, then I'll need to sell it and I'll be happy it's there. But for now I don't need to sell it. So I keep it and it's fine, you know, and I can ride it around and that's cool. But that's, I mean, those are deals mathematically. Some deals are amazing. Mathematically as a shop owner, People always say,
3: oh, it's no fucking fair, man. That dude gets all these crazy fucking deals. It's fucking, it's fucking, of course he gets a good deal because he a fucking shop. Yeah, dude.
0: Step up. Open yeah. a shop. You'll get great deals too. Because people will come to you when they need currency. It's like a pawn shop. You know, oh, that guy with the pawn shop gets all the cool deals. Yeah, because he had the balls to open a pawn shop. <laughs> Opening a pawn shop is not like, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be great. Do you know who you deal with at pawn shops? Yeah. People who (laughs) are selling you stolen DeWalt's and stolen Makitas and stolen Milwaukees. And you gotta somehow deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Two, three hundred people a day who are trying to sell you some shit, they just stole out of your car. That's owning a pawn shop. Well, sometimes owning a motorcycle shop is a similar way. People show up here with a bike that they have that's toxic, or they show up here with a bike that three different shops have worked on. And it's been rat fucked to the moon, and they're like, "Hey, man, I'll give you a special deal on this thing. You know, Blue Book says this thing's worth thirty five hundred. I'll sell it to you for five hundred.
4: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: right? Okay. All right. Is it run? Yeah, a little. You know,
2: start that fucking <laughs> for a while up.
0: or whatever. Right?
2: Yeah, if I so, could do
0: a burnout with this in the parking lot right now, I will buy your bike for well, hundred dollars. That'll burn you, man. That'll burn you. Most of the best fools. I, most I have been fucked and we're careful and I have been fucked. I've had bikes that the motors have come apart days after I bought them. So I've been fooled. And then in retrospect, gone in and realized I had been fooled. So yeah, we do get some good deals. We also choose some shit. And we also sometimes get a bike in here that is for some reason, nobody buys it. It's kind of CB 1100. Right? <laughs> How long did that stick around? A long fucking time. I'm sorry for asking.
2: However,
4: <laughs>
2: it was recently scarfed up. It was scarfed up. By a guy who was very excited about it. And I only lost about two grand. Right? I remember actually, you yeah, know, over, I remember seeing that. like
0: nine years. So that's why I like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, once you have more than dollars a year.
0: <laughs> I only lost about $45 a month. I don't know what I'm complaining about. Right? <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it, it, I did. I did remember seeing that because I like the excitement on his face was palpable. Like, he was as excited about getting yeah. a CB1100 oh, yeah. as I was about getting a ZRX. Exactly. Like,
0: that, that was, the, was, bike
1: that was the bike Right. That was, like, that was the bike that was, like, under the spotlight at prom, may I have a yep. stance, and she said yes. And you
0: know what's funny not- is, had that guy showed up six months earlier when the you price tag was what yeah. I should have asked for it, he would have bought it. But the point is, he didn't know about the bike until after I'd reduced the price to the point where I was like, fuck it, it's got to leave. You know, there's only so many things I can have in this building. And you know what? That thing is not going up in value. It's dropping like a rock. Um, That's we, another
1: example of what We were just talking about bikes that are like ahead of their time yep. where mm-hmm. a company will figure out something that is going to be popular with hipsters and yep. people with disposable income in like five years.
0: Yep. And they're like, no, we got to make this now. You can buy an $11,000 Moto Guzzi right now for $6,200. <clears throat> and it's still a really good bike. Yeah. And right now Moto Guzzi's going through a fucking tailspin. It's going through a spiral right now. The value has dropped like crazy because a lot of dealers dump their inventory. There are a lot of them sitting in warehouses and there's a ton of them being sold for very little.
2: When are you going back
0: down to the auctions? Um, the 24th of next month is the next one. And <coughs> I so got you see any Moto Guzzis down there? Constantly. There's there's a you don't have to go to the auction. They're they're online, you know. They're buyable. But the thing is, there's so many of them that the guys who are Gucci dealers who can buy them at these auctions for these radically discounted prices. Suck them up? No. Their fucking showrooms are full. Oh. they got nowhere to put them and no flooring to pay for them with. So it's gotten to the point now, it's ridiculous. A cat that came in here a year ago with a 2015 Grizzo yeah that was perfect. It had all the good shit on it and like 1,200 miles. I was going to give him 7500 for that bike a year 14 months ago. And today when it came in, we saw that those are averaging on auction at 5200.
1: Oh god. Oof. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. So it's so, so it's so weird like that. Yeah. And I assume it's I mean, that's a $13,000 bike. I assume that they're going into a tailspin because of the way that Moto Guzzi kind of USA is treating dealers. They just buried dealers.
0: Yeah. They buried dealers. The deal was, there was no deal. There was no margin. And what happened is once you started discounting the bikes, so once you made it known that it was like, oh, you get a $1,000 discount on all of these, you get a $2,000 discount on all of these. Well, the dealers themselves, they watched a little tiny profit margin, 14%. Well, when the industry standard is now set at, when you move the needle $2,000 lower, then the assumption is, Well, you don't ever have to pay full price for a Moto Guzzi. Consumers Mm. learn that lesson real fast. And so you've got one guy in Texas who's advertising every Guzzi he has at over $2,000 lower, and he's shipping them anywhere in America for free. Well, guess what? It makes the guy in Cleveland or the guy in Minneapolis who's got 18 of them go, oh, Oh, shit, shit. i got to be willing to make $0 or lose $500 to make this bike leave my showroom. And that's a tough place to be in. Now, at no point have you heard me say the
1: Moto Guzzi is a bad bike. No, I mean, like, that was the darling of 20-something motorcycle journalists. Yeah. Like, I, I know three people that are auto journalists, motorcycle
0: journalists who own V7s. Um, and Moto Guzzi never paid a nickel for good press. Yeah. Because, honestly, they were too dumb to. They didn't realize how valuable it was. So there was no marketing budget. There was no presence of the product out where people could see it on the, you know, Cycle World magazine. Uh, they just didn't do a great job of that. Whereas Triumph and even Royal Enfield was everywhere. And people were buying Triumphs out of compulsion. I am just being like, well, I guess they're good because fucking everybody I know is getting one. So I'm going to go down to the Triumph deal. shouldn't get myself well, a Triumph.
3: Put, they've been putting the Triumphs in like every movie made exactly. recently. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're paying Real for product smart.
0: placement. Real smart. They're paying to have their product out there. And then the dealers themselves are being compensated for that, co-op programs and stuff like that. And they're in every magazine article. Triumph has done a beautiful job of taking that and making it cool. I see three or four Triumphs on my way to work every day. The dealership's down here is a friend of mine. He's mm-hmm. doing great with the product. People that are not into Triumphs yeah. are buying Triumphs. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You're totally right. So how's the, how has the Stelvio
2: held up? It hasn't.
0: as uh, oh, you mechanically mean mechanically? As, 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 as mechanically, it's been great. And the point is, if you have a roller rocker cam, so if you get a bike bike that has either late enough to have the roller rockers already in the motor, right? But what you don't want is you don't want a bike that has the flat tappets. If the bike has the flat tappets, the diamond-like coating on it will come off, and it will become a problem, and you will have to convert it over to the roller rocker system. Now, if you're the original owner of the bike and you have a dealership near you, which that's becoming very few and fucking far between, the dealership will get the kit paid for by Moto Guzzi, and you'll pay for that, like, $800, $900 of labor, To have the work done and that bike will be converted from a flat tappet system to a roller rocker system which is vastly superior now the problem with this whole thing is it became very aware to people on the motoguzzi forum and very aware to people in the in the cult of motoguzzi world that there were two guzis out there there were the ones that were made later than that and had the roller rockers those were great and there were the ones that were made earlier that were worthless, because the day you bought it, you essentially had to either buy a thousand dollars worth of parts, do a thousand dollars worth of labor, or get a dealer who's willing to get the parts for you for free as part of a make it right campaign on Gucci's part, and then charge you a thousand dollars to do the work. So that devalues the brand, right? That devalues devalues all those twelve hundred cc bikes. So in about a week, we watched a Moto Gucci Grizzo. Go from a, a nice, clean used bike being worth about nine grand to a nice, clean used bike be worth about seven grand because of the scare of well, either a your cams could be destroyed and your motor could be lunched. Best case scenario, you need a thousand or thirteen hundred dollars parts kit and a thousand dollars for the labor to do the job correctly to make it whole again, which is coming out of pocket two grand. Or C, somebody's already done the job and it's not done right, Mm. which there was a fucking shed load of those. We saw five or six of those come through our shop that other places had done the repair and the thing was leaking like a sieve. I got two motors out in the hallway for motors that were done by a shop that within 900 miles are pissing oil and overheating. Mm. So... A lot of modern engines, a lot of modern motorcycle engine voodoo is you don't fucking crack the seal. What the factory hath assembled, let no man take apart. Because I don't care who the fuck you are, you are not either the robot who built it or the guy who's built 1,200 of them in the past six months putting it together. And the motor that you're putting back together again, the head that you're putting on, is not seasoned and heat. Uh, cycled the way the barrel is and the way the cases are so you're adding a non-seasoned head to a seasoned barrel with a seasoned piston and a seasoned case and so when this head you, you build this whole thing up anytime you assemble a motor you should do 20 or 30 heat cycles on that motor and then fucking get back into it and snug everything down Torque retorque every goddamn thing. Drop the oil, do a full service on the thing, and retorque everything. Well, some on some motorcycles, that could mean dropping the motor. So you can get the valve cover off so you can tighten the heads. It, it's not all things that can be done from the outside by the layman with a 10 millimeter socket. Right? You can't just go, oh, look at all these bolts I can see. Look at I sunk them all up. No, there's fucking twenty-five bolts you can't see. You got to take covers off and get to them. And those things inside the motor, those are all loosening up and they're heat cycling. And all these other parts are seasoned. These parts aren't seasoned. You get leaks. You're going to get drink. And anytime you have a head gasket leak, you are moments away from a heat issue because a head gasket leak instantly overheats the motor because air is coming in and air is so hot. Oxygen coming into a motor makes a motor so hot that you're like, oh, this bike's fine. Total fucking failure on the side of the road because that's what happens. When a head gas, when a head warps, it goes from everything's fine to I'm totally rat shit fucked in about one second. And you're like, oh, this bike smells a little hot. By the time you get off the exit, no, there's oil coming out of it. So and then once that happens, what do you do? Do you torque it down again? Do you go buy $2,000 worth of parts and rebuild the whole thing again? No, dude, you get out there, you slap on the permatex, you torque her down, then you torque her some more, then you torque her some more. You put it on Craigslist. Good luck, asshole. Right. That's real popular. And that's why old timers, they lost all confidence. Now, even though the roller rocker conversion, Shouldn't be called a conversion. It should be called a mucking upgrade of the century. Because if I can go from flat tappets to roller rockers, that's the best hot rod build you can do. Like if you have a, you know, you got a small block 350 and you want to make it cool. Yeah, you know, roller rockers, motherfucker. Yeah, Ford, Ford Windsor V8. Exactly. Right. It's huge. Making a roller rocker motor is going to give it this incredible lifespan. It's going to give it a much longer lifespan. It's going to give it much better performance. The motor's going to act better. It's going to work great. But it's expensive to build them that way. Except for when you realize you're trying to unfuck the situation. And in that case with Moto Guzzi, roller rockers was something that they claimed that they were going to do it anyway. But it's coincidental that they had a problem with the diamond-like coating on the cams and on the flat tappets that ended up magically roller rockers showed up like in the the next half generation of the bike. Nothing else on the bike changed. It just went from a flat tappet motor to a roller rocker motor. What year was that?
2: Uh, Midway through 14.
0: Yeah. So So if you want one. Well.
2: 15 or after.
0: Well, Here's the worst thing is they put out a whole list of serial numbers. And the whole list of serial numbers said... If your bike's serial number is on this list, you're fucked. And there's four different kits, A, B, C, and D, that your bike may have. And we got to take the motor apart a little bit to find out which kit you have, which cylinder, which head you have. And they put all this information out. And we started having a couple of bikes come in. And their VIN wasn't on that list. Well, what does that tell you? That list then goes out the window. Because the second I find one motor that gives me the symptom, but it's not on the list, I got to stop everything and go, okay, now everybody is suspected. suspect. Yeah. We can't trust anyone. And that is what made everyone go into a panic because everybody now in America has got the little clicky click click thumb-powered device, goes on the forums and says, well, I heard of a guy in Temecula who's got a Moto Guzzi That had the symptom and had the failure and his cam got ground down and his number wasn't on the list. And everybody goes, my God, did you hear that? That was the sound of the value of every eight-valve Moto Guzzi 1200 motor dropping because now you can't trust the list. Hmm. The e-commerce, the the German
1: car e-commerce business hmm. that I worked in, so much of our business came from issues that had like a 1% to 3% failure rate. Exactly. But because those guys were so loud on the forums, you know, something like uh, 3% of uh, M96 engine Porsches, like early water-cooled 911s and Boxsters, have issues with the intermediate shaft bearing. Okay. 1% to 3%, which is higher than it should be. Sure. But because those 1% to 3% of people are really upset about the fact that they have to put a $14,000 engine in their, at the time, $8,000 car. Right everybody wants to do the IMS repair because it's a lot cheaper to spend, you know, buy once, cry once. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, a big part of our bottom line, a big part of like my mortgage was right. paid by people who read the forums right. and said, you know, because nobody is ever going to post right. and
0: say my moto Guzzi's fine. Oh, exactly. My Boxster's fine. Right. I had another great day today of riding my bike with absolutely no incidents whatsoever. And I sure am glad I bought it. But this dude over here, who's got, 800 miles on his bike in five years, whose real problem is that he's got condensation in his motor that's attacking his cam and he's got rust on his top end because he's only ridden his bike 800 miles in five years. Well, rust is an abrasive. And maybe that took the diamond like coating off. I don't know, man. I got guys out there with 50,000 miles that are having no problems whatsoever. And I got a guy with 1,200 miles that's got a problem. And you're right, that proactive, that, like, I'm going to fix it now before it becomes a real problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's your ass, man. Yeah. So, funny you mention that. A
1: higher percentage of failure rates with boxters happened with the, I believe it was 04... 04- Got a little booze in me, so I might be wrong on my years here. I'm sure somebody will come. Nobody in this though. podcast is going to okay, check good. in on that. Yeah. Uh, the anniversary boxsters that had like the, the darker silver finish and the, the color match wheels and it had the beautiful baseball glove leather interior. Yeah. It was like the James Dean Spider Anniversary, much, yeah. whatever. Because all those cars were super limited production, and all of them got stashed away and never driven. Oh. The failure rate for the IMS bearings on those cars is, like, astronomical compared to the same year Boxster
0: S, the same. We're talking the exact same motor. Remember, so Shiro Honda said it best. He says, I cannot engineer for neglect. (sighs) I cannot engineer. I can engineer for performance. I can engineer for reliability. I can engineer for anything you want. But I cannot engineer for neglect. And that's it. I mean, when you say abandonment,
1: a high performance engine is not made to to sit sit. in a museum. And and everybody talks about how like, oh, if a car sits and it's got a thousand miles on it in 17 years, it's going to leak. It's like, no, it's not going to leak. It might even be fine. Right. The damage that's being done is damage you can't see. No, you can't see it. There's not going to be a puddle on on the floor of your garage. It's not like that.
0: You'll have that, but that will well, yeah, exist. Yeah, that will happen sometimes. That will exist, <laughs> and all the rubber in the motor will dry out, yeah. and it'll work great for an hour and a half, and then you'll start having problems. You'll be so excited. You'll be like, it's running. It's great. I woke it up. after you know, It's, it's alive. After 18 years of sitting, the, all these podcasts were wrong. I fucking told you, man. I put gas in it. I put a new battery in it, and this bitch is happy. A week later, I'm not so happy. Right. And that's what that's the world we live in. You know, that's everything. That's the cat that came in today that told me he had a 2002 Bajaj legend with 400 miles on it. And he's like, well, oh, all it needs is a battery. I'm like, yeah, cool, dude. No, that needs a lot of shit. Rock on. Yeah. Rock on. Rock on, Cowboy. Rock on. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of a, a big deal. Um, but we are we're going to drop this tomorrow. So we are fucking going to AMA like next week uh vintage yeah, days is a big <laughs> goddamn deal uh i will have a camper obviously chris what is your uh ob- what is your objective for ama are you taking anything to sell are you, ta- are you- what's your game i've
2: sold everything i have to sell you're, um, you're in a happy spot you that like,
1: silver with blue stripes suzuki thing he's that you keeping that on. forever oh yeah, yeah
2: that's that's my original bike so i'm hanging on to that
1: i love that bike
2: yeah so I sold the '73 CB450, yep.
0: and I sold the '305 Superhawk. Fucking Nick loves that bike, man. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and, and yeah. I, I love that he's giving it a whole new he's, new life.
0: I'm so happy with that. Like, yeah, yeah. Nick wins. Nick wins because he was exactly the right person to buy that Superhawk. Yeah, because yeah. he is just rocking the shit out of it. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. That's great.
2: But you know, I told you I was going to bring down uh, 800 pounds of sausage yeah. and uh, and a. Uh, some sort of a cooking machine. It's something so. to cook it
0: on, right? So I
2: may have to stuff it in the back of your we'll unit. It uh, out, too. Yeah, but
0: uh, we got vans and trucks galore. <clears throat> so yeah, there'll be no shortage of space to put things. Yeah. For AMA Vintage Days, um, the way they're doing it is weird. Uh, Thursday, which is traditionally the load-in day, if you're a camper or if you have a uh, a spot, uh, a vendor spot, a swap meet spot, happens to be the Fourth of July. So staffing is a problem because, all, of course, everybody wants to have 4th of July off. Right. And because it's 4th of July, everybody has 4th of July off. So all the miscreants and participants all want to be there on the 4th of July. They all want to get in there at O'Dark dark 30 on the 4th of July. But meanwhile, the staff who would check you in doesn't want to be there on the 4th of July. They want holiday pay to be there. So it's going to, AMA has been having an interesting conundrum dealing with the staff at the racetrack uh, about, you know, how are we going to get people in here? So yeah, I'll be going down there on Thursday and, you know, we've got our camping spot secured. You know, we've got a lot of stuff. we got media passes for anybody who needs them. And uh, so we're, we're pretty well looked after as far as that goes. Um, I'll be getting down there probably something like, you know, noonish on Thursday. And I'm sure it'll be an absolute clusterfuck getting through the gate, as it usually is on Thursday. Because, you know, 900 people want to go through the gate every three minutes. But seven of them have the correct credentials. (laughs) Two of them have the credentials on them. The other five need to get them from the the people in in the office who are perpetually being lied to all day long. And being bullied about, like, you don't know who I am. I'm a big deal, you know. uh, I've been doing this for 17 years, and I've got 15 buddies who all have swap meet spaces they said I could come into. So, well, do you have any credentials? Look them up. This is my name. Harry Ballsack. Check me out, you know. (laughs) I'm sure I'm in there under something. Yeah, whatever. And then, like, they got to give that guy time. Meanwhile, the guy behind him has got, like, everything sorted out and good to go. And his diesel's overheating out in the sunshine. <laughs>
3: Can't get in. Yep.
0: The shitter's full, you know, and and everything else. So it is a it is a weird thing. The whole AMA experience, the getting in part of it, is always uh, events like Burning Man and Wasteland Weekend and all these des- like these desert events, which take place out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and yet somehow there's one booth and then a line of 1200 vehicles <laughs> that that goes into well the vanishing point and the curvature the curvature <laughs> of the earth right <laughs> and it's all these people in winnebago's <laughs> overheating in the middle of the goddamn death valley desert Thank as they're trying sounds. to get past a guard shack that's basically made out of a disused porta potty and get their credentials when they're in the goddamn desert There's nothing in a 360 degree radius, yet they're all in line like fucking lemmings. You know, I'm like, okay, get out of line, put up your shade, become your own party over here and then have somebody going over and standing in line on their feet, not idling and dieseling and doing whatever, and then change that guy out every couple hours. You'll have a line of about you know a quarter of a mile long of people, like getting into a rock show. But then all those RVs can be out there partying and being cool and shit. Yeah, if you know you're going to be in line, fucking set up and have a party. God damn it! Don't sit out there and just be. It's, be funny, angry. it's funny you
1: mentioned that because I was describing the one time I went. Might want to go this year. I don't know, but I described uh, Vintage Days yeah. as being Burning Man yeah. for the weirdest fucking motorcycles you've only seen in books. It's the only place so in the world where ct 70 is you, cool. You took us to the, the AMA museum afterwards, yeah. and I was so desensitized to seeing weird shit. <laughs> like it was <laughs> oh, this, sorry. like actual that's one of one weird motorcycle. Actual, in the world ever, actual like, oh, thought whatever. actual thought I had on our way pulling out, I was like, oh, it's a Kawasaki uh It's a Kawasaki triple. Right. Oh, it's an H1. It's not an H2. Oh, no, No, I'm sorry. No, I was like, no, the thought was like, oh, it's an H2, but it's not a 72. Oh, it's It's not a a 75. Like, you get so decent. It's like, I feel like it's like people that work, uh, I actually have a buddy that photographs like, uh. Like pinup models in Japan, yeah. Yeah. and all he wants to do when he gets home is work on his little Honda S600 because he's like so desensitized yeah. to seeing tits all day yeah. that the last thing in the world yeah. he wants to think of is something that's missing
0: a Y chromosome.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you see your problem right there is you're missing the Y chromosome, uh, but uh, that's the game. I mean that that's the magic of Mid Ohio. The magic of Mid Ohio is you're like, boy, I'll tell you what if I if I could go there and if I could manage to see. Uh, you know, a, a Can-Am, whatever, you know, dirt bike, I'd be super happy. And then you're like, okay, I've seen
1: 17 of those now. Yeah, I had a list know? of like five bikes I thought it would be really cool to see, yeah. and not an exaggeration, not a funny story for the yeah. podcast, real yeah. shit. Within two hours, yeah, you saw I had off. everything checked off. <laughs> and that was just in the case. Oh, you site. know what you did? That was on a, yeah, that was shit <laughs> running by our ca- <laughs> we,
2: we, You know what you didn't, didn't see, though? You didn't uh, see any Japanese tits.
0: No, you didn't.
1: No, so, no there's no chance of that. I, uh, yeah. I I remember waking up one morning. I was being woken up by a Hodaka racing a Penton <laughs> in front of our camper. And I'm like, that is never... That and that is a happened. unicorn
0: racing a Minotaur yeah. actually in the campsite. Because that's what people forget, is that the event is a motorcycle race.
1: Oh, shit, you're right. There was a, <laughs> yeah. there was a race.
0: We didn't... 20, what was it, 2016 when I went with you guys? Yeah. 2016,
1: 2017. What I would like to remind
0: you guys is... Much like people Shit, forget right. that there's racing at Daytona, AMA oh. Vintage Days is actually a series, not just a, but a series of racing in different disciplines. Trials, motocross, right, vintage and, 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 and trials out in the woods, and vintage road racing. This is all happening while we are like... I don't know how much can my bladder hold. I have no idea. Oh,
3: this is not a ramp.
0: Oh, outstanding! Uh, I'll try at it. (laughs) You know that was fun, but can we make it fire? (laughs) Yeah. If we add fire to that, it'll be funner, and people constantly. AMA vintage days is actually a competitive racing event and some people are there with an intention of not just getting drunk falling down and crashing shit they don't own. right i know (laughs) it seems impossible (laughs) it's very easy to forget that the jackassery isn't the show and the show watch the race i'm telling you i've known people that have been there for four or five years and are like Oh, oh shit, wait! This race? I mean, but a lot of a lot of it is like, oh, oh wait! God. I'm going to go see the sidecar racing, and then you realize racing schedules, Isle of oh, man, man racing schedules are very much just suggestions. You're like, oh, well, the sidecar racing starts at 2 p.m. You get there at 2 p.m. and you're like, why are there like Indians on the track? You know, <laughs> combustion, not dot or feather. Yeah. And they uh, and they're like, oh, well, because they're racing. Oh, that's but that's the 11 o'clock group. And ah, racing schedules go to shit real just, quick. Just enjoy it right just enjoy it and then you do go out for sidecars and you realize there's like one proper sidecar rig and then like literally a husband and wife team on their like R100S that they rode here and you're like well this is a little bit of a side competition <laughs> and yet they both go out and run the circuit and one guy gets a six foot tall trophy and the other guy gets a four foot tall trophy which they have to disassemble, and she has
1: to hold between <laughs> the legs on the way home the way back home. to fucking Indiana yeah. or
0: whatever. Yeah. the other from. guy, one guy has a full-on race-rigged sidecar rig, and the other couple had to take their Aldi shopping <laughs> out of the sidecar rig to get on the racetrack. You know, <laughs> my hero. It was real terrible. No, it was real. That that when I all when, these when I saw the, uh, yeah, when I saw the sidecar rig race, <laughs> I was like, this is completely lopsided. But that's all happening there. So there's a lot of shit that you can do. Go on the website, check that out, see what the schedule is, because there's so much happening. Um, we are going to be somewhere in the campsite with <laughs> at least three or four really tall zero banners and uh, really tall zero banners and at least three or four pop-ups in a giant fuck you camper. like you, uh, Toy hauler. 10 by 10 pop-ups? Yeah, a bunch of them. Do you need any more? No, I mean we got four now. So. Okay, I have two that we can. Farm, oh, good. So. Yeah, but well, that's look. The rule of pop ups is Mid Ohio. Mid Ohio takes it. them from you. Like there's a middle. There's a pop up tax at Mid Ohio. <laughs> you know, we we were all there for the great 2017 pop up massacre, where like no pop ups survived. The Mid Ohio giveth and the Mid Ohio Take the, the Mid Ohio Cyclone. Man, that thing like Easy Up made a lot of money that weekend, but. No, it's good. Shade is great. I mean, if you can bring shade down that's the coolest thing in the world. Because that's the one thing they don't provide you with on site. They're going to provide you with fun. They're going to provide you with you know food and beverages and stuff that you can buy for too much money. And they're not too randy yeah. if you bring it into the back of your car.
1: Real food costs money at Vintage yeah. Days, but yeah. like beer and weed just shows up. Yes, it is an international. <laughs> co- it is, it just it is absolutely a
0: currency. <laughs> the, the, if you walk around Mid Ohio. If you make it a lap of the swap meet without getting drunk on beers people give you, it, I can't make it two or three aisles in the swap meet where dudes are just like, hey, man, you want a beer? Fucking yeah, I'd love a beer. Or the, the cooler that isn't really selling. They frown on selling water and beer at mid Ohio. It's frowned upon. But donations are strongly encouraged. And like you're just like, hey, man, you got a beer in that cooler? I'll give you a couple bucks for it. Oh, just take one, man. Yeah. And what you realize is that people show up on Thursday to fucking sit in the swap meet and some of those people don't move. They take root. like They'll walk around trying try to get deals and stuff, but they're right back in the tent. I've been that guy before. You're like, do a lap of the swap meet. Do like three or four rows. Come back to the shade of your easy up. And it could be a barn burner where you got to have a like an easy up set up under your easy up because mm-hmm. the sun is getting through your easy up. Or it could be raining sideways for three days who knows with mid ohio so bring your sunscreen and your galoshes you'll be fine <laughs> the uh it's good but yeah we really got a lot going on so i'm doing one seminar i think on saturday at like 4 p.m and i'm doing another one sunday at like 1 p.m what i know weird yeah so hmm. the one i'm gonna do everybody's is-
2: gone sunday at 1 p.m
0: so i'm saying i'll be there
2: yeah
0: <laughs> you know, I, I screwed
3: up I bought tickets for Weird Al on Saturday So, oh you did yeah. you can drive
0: up and go see Weird Al and drive back yeah. I mean it's I what an hour and a half away maybe
3: Friday going out there
0: yeah I mean it's an hour and a half away it's no big deal but you gotta see Weird Al holy shit where's he playing
2: yeah. uh, Playhouse Square oh yeah that's <laughs> fantastic
0: Yeah, I mean that's gonna be an outstanding show I'm he said he there. screwed
2: yeah. up getting. no you don't screw up getting Weird Al well, that's,
3: right. that's, no, that's the thing oh, that's exactly yeah. It.
0: Yeah. I
2: thought that was like five months ago
0: yeah um, you could play a Cleveland celebrity thing though, and just pretend to be Daffy Dan. Just, yeah, but yeah. Daffy Dan's
3: about two feet shorter than I. I he think.
0: is two feet shorter, and he weighs <laughs> yeah. a lot. He's a little heavier than you are right. too. But you could pass for him enough, <laughs> just enough. <laughs> and he shows up in a lot of stuff though, so he could get called out on that. Right. He's pretty active. He goes to a lot of a lot of cool shows. But yeah, that weird Al ticket's a pretty hot ticket. I like like the sound of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 as that's as impressive as <clears throat> seeing uh, Laverta. Mm. I, it was the last day it yeah. was like the only thing i have i've seen every bike that's Except been the, the fastest production bike in the yeah. world yeah. since like post-world war ii and then oh laverta 750, laverta 750. And it, it, was, it
0: was in a tent where it was the least interesting thing in yeah. the tent it was in mike from st louis yeah mike the bike Oh, <laughs> uh, mo- motorcycle michael uh yeah, it was in his booth. Yeah, where I he had like the like, Vincent Black Shadow in Yeah, the like Vincent and, right. Black Shadow, he had like yeah. a had some
1: early yeah. post war Moto Guzzi, yeah. and I was like, Oh, is this one of the replicas you were telling me yeah. about? And you were like, No.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean he's always got great stuff. So yeah, he's got super cool stuff. And he's like, Oh that Liverdi, yeah, have a seat on it. Check it out. You wanna take it for a ride? It's a pig. <laughs> and I was like, Ha ha you're shitting at my childhood. <laughs> 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 totally shitting on my childhood. It was it was totally like one of those
1: everything, almost everything Italian that was like a hero to me. Like seeing it in person, I'm like, wow, they did not put this together. No, well. they didn't put it together well at all. Have no. You ever seen a Countach up close? Oh god, there's like fucking wires hanging under the
0: drywall screws. Yeah, holding it together. Yeah, yeah. Lamborghini Countaches were built they're, under protest They're wonderful. They're awful, but they're really <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, again, unless you have Adrienne Barbeau and what's her face in it. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. That was like of my holy trinity of like dream cars growing up. That was the well, only thing I course. sat in and drove. <laughs> that was the one thing that I drove out of the three that I'm like, I don't fucking want this anymore.
0: Yeah. And Lamborghini Countach, Cheryl Teague's poster. Yeah. They, they, it was same deal. Yeah. Exactly. That was it. Yeah. That was. that That was that era. That was that era was very strong um, for mid Ohio. I don't know what the fuck. I, I want to buy something weird. GPZ 750
1: Turbo. No, that doesn't appeal to me at all. to me twi- for twice
0: ah, as much. Ah! I put that CX500 Turbo um, listing up that I found that was popping around Facebook mm-hmm. Marketplace. Yeah. I popped that thing up 4000 bucks for a beautiful CX500 CX, CX yeah. 500 Turbo. And Sega Turbo sell for that much
1: too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But the yeah. Kawasaki, because it was the best one, yeah. is twice as much. Twice as much one. Yeah. 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 I... I do not know. This is the year of the CB750. So I'm going to grab a couple of CB750s mm-hmm. I have in the warehouse and just trot them out. I may or may not try to make them run. Do you have any that are uh, less than a grand? Because I actually already have a buyer. On no, no. They, they all got to be over a grand so they're all nice no they're all they all suck oh. but it's the year <laughs> of the cb750 so if i sell it for less than a grand i'm an idiot i get you you know it's got a title and it's a cb750 do you have any trail 70s left those go for a grand to pop all day long yeah. no i don't have any left oh no. yeah, no, because we went through the great clearinghouse of 2016, 2016. Right? Was, i was like right. i wanted one of these
1: since i was a kid and i wrote it a little bit and i'm like hmm. Yeah, it's not very you much know much. what was the sleeper yeah. hit of 2016 for me that, Yamaha Trimo yeah, 125. Uh, I still fucking check uh, Craigslist for those yeah, things. Uh, Everybody, my whole life, my parents telling me when we'd see one on the side yeah. of the road, those three wheeled ATVs are death traps. Yeah, Don't kill you. I, drove, I rode one with a with a bowl of ice cream in one hand and a beer in the other hand, steering with my elbows, half <laughs> drunk. And I was I'm like, like, Hey, mom, I didn't, didn't die. Yeah, yeah didn't <laughs> die. Take that. Fuck you. I didn't die. I've talked
0: myself into it. I will do whatever it takes to go to vintage days. It's yeah, it is a <laughs> it is a good time. That's that's a, 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 always a good time. A uh, little pro tip for the people who are going to AMA Vintage Days for the very first time. The parking game, mm. don't fucking dick around. Don't drive around for an hour trying to find a parking spot. When you get there, immediately, as soon as you clear the, the main gates go into the area, the parking area above the swap meet. If it looks like rain, go to high fucking ground and be close to the road. Like be as close to the road you drove in on as possible. If there's an opening in a gate, be close to that because we've seen that entire thing swamp out. Uh, it holds, it holds mud like nobody's business. And if you're not on gravel, you will be stuck and somebody will be paid to pull you out. So, If you think it's going to be wet, if you think there's any chance of it, park on gravel. Uh, That is a big, big pro tip. And if you're going to be camping, be be in a spot you can drive out of because we've seen all kinds of people get stuck. And it really sucks on Sunday when you're trying to get out of there and you're waiting on the one guy with a tractor who's pulling out 400 other vehicles to come and get you to pull your ass out. (laughs) So it pays if you can look around and find gravel to be on. To park your car on gravel and camp on grass or something like that, that's the way to do it. Um, It's real easy to get quagmired in there. That place goes from zero to mud pit fast. We've never been at mid-Ohio where it's been a light rain. It's always been rain to fucking scare the shit out of you and then 90 degree heat. So it, it can get weird fast there.
3: This year, it's probably been a mud pit all year. Already. It's been,
0: oh, we've already gotten reports from people that are out oh, there yeah, today and out there yesterday that are saying, like, yeah, these areas of the campsite are okay, but these parts of the campsite are still super muddy. So we got a couple of good days maybe that we're not going to get rain, that it will dry out. But we, you can't predict it. This year's been so flaky. But the, uh, yeah, being parked smart is a big deal for Mid Ohio. And you can move your shit. Like once you get in there, park your thing, park your stuff quick and get out and move around. Get out and check the area out. Do a recon on foot or get your bikes off and do a recon. Then you can move your truck or move your trailer if you need to. But driving around, the worst thing at Mid Ohio, danger wise, is guys driving around pickup trucks with trailers on the back because the aisles are really tight. And what happens is, you're swinging that trailer around and you're more worried about hitting this or that or this pop-up tent or this motorcycle with his big trailer, you might not be looking over on the right. I had a guy with a trailer back over me and I was behind him. So he pulled ahead and I was just traveling across behind him. Well, he threw it in reverse and he started backing the whole rig up and he backed right over me. Hurt my leg, damaged my bike, the whole thing. So guys are driving trailers with full of bikes. That's what Thursday and Friday is. It's moving, so the more of that that's happening in this very somewhat confined area, the d- more dangerous it is. So get that shit parked quick, and then get out and recon it. When we tried to bring the bus in to our uh, our our swap meet spot on Friday, that was getting a school bus down those aisles. It was fucking sketchy. I mean, we were like, "Excuse me, sir, your wife." You need a thinner wife or move this one a foot to the left. And they just, they're not, they're oblivious because they're too busy looking at like, oh my God, is that a buco helmet? Oh, Dave. And they're like, I'm sorry. Honk, honk. Giant diesel vehicle trying to get through. You know, it's everybody's, once you get to mid Ohio, it's all just like, disengage brain, (laughs) turn on wonderment. (laughs) <laughs> holy shit you know so that friday can be sketchy it's real dangerous moving around there on friday so yeah and if you've got the uh side by sides and the quads and stuff like that they're gonna if they haven't made it illegal already they're going to because a golf cart should be the maximum limit to what should be allowed to be like a personal conveyance in that place some of these razors and side by side things are mm. wider than a goddamn Honda they're, like, Civic. they're like as wide as my f-150 yeah yeah. And yet people are like, let's go run around Mid Ohio and the swap meet in this thing. And yeah, and
1: there's there's no bumpers, there are no fenders, there's just giant If sharp you can tires. fit a motorcycle inside the, the cargo area, yeah. you shouldn't be allowed to use it. Yeah, it's probably a fair. It's probably a fair. You
0: assessment. can fit a motorcycle yeah. diagonally in a ring. <laughs> oh, <of> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So just be careful with that stuff because that really can create a problem. And no fucking, fucking fireworks if you're an idiot. If you're an idiot, do not use fireworks. No burning down other people's campers. Um, no military-grade signal flares. You fucking keep it to the shit you can buy on the way in there. If and you, like, you want to yeah. call me out personally, like <laughs> you can do it outside of the podcast. Well, you didn't burn the trailer down. <laughs> no, you, I yeah. didn't. I was really responsible no. right. with the but fireworks I mean, that I A lot of illegally. people brought military-grade shit, parachute flares and stuff like that, that ended up being, you know... What about been, the ice cream van?
2: Is that going to show up?
1: Is that going to be... Oh, shit. I don't know, man. But it should. I have the beer yeah. cannon. A beer cannon. No, I have an AR-15 that uses blind- blanks to launch beer cans. If you
0: show up at AMA Vintage Days with any form of an AR-15, I even though you're movie. shooting blanks and beers across the thing, somebody is going to fuck with you. Yeah. I am I wouldn't bring that. I wouldn't, I bring, I wouldn't bring that there's either. There's other opportunities. Yeah. I you love all kinds that. of stupid shit, but I probably wouldn't bring that. I mean, it's cool and all if you can make it stop being an AR-15.
1: The problem is, like, is it's always going to look like it looks even scarier than an AR-15. Oh, no, it's if a giant, you can make it, it look like a giant barrel. dick,
0: well done. If you can make it look like a loaf of bread or a Subway sandwich that fires beers, way game on. But Mid-Ohio is a certain unique brand of human that you're going to be like, that guy over there's got an AR-15 out. Hold on. Let me show him my Barrett Light 50. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to turn into a game of one-upmanship that's going to end up with somebody getting shot. I'm yep. not saying they're going to rebel against you because you have and gun. I'm saying it's going to cause all the other gun, gun fags to get out their guns. Yeah. And it's going to turn into fucking shoot out the OK Corral over like mine's bigger. Because you know every time somebody shows up, I'm like, oh look, I got, a, you know, I got a Kawasaki H2. And then some other asshole shows up and goes, well I've got two of them welded together and neither one of them have these exhausts. And we put a knobby tire on it just to fuck with you. It's a big dick contest from the time you get there. And... It is not just stop with the motorcycles that's that's why you get a guy blasting up and down the campsite he's not blasting up and down the campsite on a yama or a honda cr125 no you get no points for that he's blasting up and down the campsite on a goddamn h2 with a knobby on the back of it and then to show you how big his dick is he gets off of it and it's like you want to try it <laughs> and we're on grass and gravel <laughs> here have a go at my wife you know here I just brought my girlfriend out. Her name is Lonnie Anderson. Take her for a spin. Check this out. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Do you (laughs) want to ride this motorcycle that has a half century of a reputation for killing people? For killing people. (laughs) Would you like to ride this on the gravel? In the grass, next to where people are camped out, with their Nortons and their BSAs and everything else. Oh, and by the way, where did that ramp go? Oh, it's not a ramp. But have a go at it. That's mid-Ohio. Yeah, they made us take down the ramp, didn't they? It made a triumphant reappearance last year. Oh, oh, yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh, it came back out. We spray painted another one, and we were making hashtags for who could jump the furthest. Oh, it was great! It was great fun. <laughs> oh, and again, Marsh. did I mention Dick Marsh. measuring <laughs> contest?
2: We yeah. mentioned we we
0: mentioned the ice cream truck. So yeah, ice cream truck is the, there. There was a plan to do that. I still think it's a great idea. I do. A, a so you were controller. you
2: were talking about finding a dead fridge somewhere?
0: I found the dead fridge. There's like 19 of them sitting over at the Lakewood dump.
2: So right. then all we need <laughs> is the I don't
0: have the micro. The micro trucks are not going to be here in time. So the micro trucks are coming in like next week, like the week after. What about stanza? I don't know. Have you seen my Sansa? No. I, mean, I, have a, I have a Nissan, Stanza,
1: Nissan Stanza wagon right. the one that has no B pillars you yeah. slide it's got a completely flat floor okay you slide the doors open yeah. and you open the there's no fucking B pillars Oh yeah there. yeah I, I know what that is I was planning
0: on doing it with a micro truck with a K truck but you won't have the K truck I won't have it but we'll have the Stanza well again if you if you want to use your Stanza and go get one of these many free goddamn refrigerators that are sitting at the Lakewood dump and throw two blocks of ice in it, you can dry, dry ice cream, I'll be right. real, I'll be real with you, Chief.
1: That is the yeah. last thing in the world I
0: want to do. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It sounds <laughs> like a lot of fucking bullshit I was going to let you borrow my truck, my van, right, if you wanted to. What is it? the no.
3: refrigerator for?
0: Oh, you just take the refrigerator, you throw it on its side in the back of the the. You K let kids playing it. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and you throw a couple of blocks of dry ice in it, and you make a stop at Walmart or whatever, and you buy, like, 400 ice cream sandwiches. And you sell the ice cream sandwiches for, like, a buck a piece. And you just crawl around, you know, with a boombox or, like, a USB Bluetooth power <laughs> thing <and you're> playing, <laughs> playing bullshit ice cream truck music. Something and you just sauce. wander around <laughs> until somebody from management goes, hey... We're the only people who are allowed to make money here. You know, and you take that $400. You made right. selling ice cream exactly. sandwiches
1: and you use it to buy like buy a KX 125. Yeah. And then yeah. you sell it for $600 the right. day you
0: leave. Yeah. And that's what it is. And that's the idea it's the ice cream truck, the impromptu illegal ice cream truck, because we were just thinking, what could make mid Ohio better? Well, ice cream. Did you know that if you we take can't anything, get girls to show
1: up, so we'll get ice cream. If you take <laughs> anything and put the word illegal in front of it, it becomes three times cooler. It does. It absolutely does. Illegal ice cream truck. Illegal, the illegal outlaw, the ice cream truck. The outlaw ice cream truck. Yeah. Just
0: take anything. Illegal scooter. Illegal scooter. Everything's cooler with illegal in front of it. It is that kind of a situation where we have gotten to the point now where we've said, do you know what would make this better? Ice cream. Because. Which
2: is actually pretty benign, but it's.
0: It's extremely benign. But it's brilliant. But But it's great if you're setting your face on fire. And you're launching a motorcycle <laughs> through the air and you've got ice cream. Yeah. You just stab yourself with a fucking coat. <laughs> I mean, have fire. Oh. You know, we, we do a flaming burnout. Half the fucking world loses their shit. And I could do that while holding ice cream, you know, and just, it just makes it that Every day is better with ice cream. I'm telling you, you get a nice nutty buddy and uh, a good nutty buddy and just get a good rip going on the bike or a good ice cream sandwich. You, you made my day right there. Do you have a? Do you have any more Trimoto's and crates? No, fuck no, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm so away from dirt at the moment; it's ridiculous. <laughs> I still haven't unloaded the shit from Bandcamp, honestly. There's still two bikes in the back oh, of the van that are. I was just saying, well, we just take them to Mid Ohio the way they are. I don't know, yeah, but <laughs> the uh, but or not, but that's just one of those hilarious like things about our schedule right now well, is that we're so rolling crazy. from event into event into event, and how much do you really need to unpack? Although the white van does smell weird inside. <laughs> So, oh shit! Yeah, something in there is wet or dead. I don't know, <laughs> or both. All right. there's either a wet thing or a dead thing in the back of Betty White right now, and I don't know what which it is, but it smells awful. Smells like Betty White. It smells like Betty White. <laughs> like Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> the, I'm sorry. Open the door, and and right. like, Open anything. the door and be like, "Oh, that's why it's called Betty White." Oh <laughs> man, what's it smell like? Depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so fucking terrible. The uh, but I don't yeah I don't know beyond that I'm. I'm pretty jazzed about I'm pretty jazzed about mid Ohio this year because they've got tons of shit scheduled, way way more stuff scheduled than I usually pay attention to, which is great. Uh, I would like to get up into the woods this year and maybe take a look at the trials right, riding because we did do really
3: that fun. last year for a little bit. It was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, so I'd like to do a little bit more cool. of that. Wander around a little bit more, uh, mm-hmm. see some of the stuff I haven't seen before. Um, we're uh, we're gonna have some really fun passes. So that they the people at. Uh, AMA vintage days and the people at mid Ohio, uh, that run the sports car track, they're controlling media passes and they've done a really nice job of giving us a lot of access. So we're going to have the, the passes that will get us anywhere on the property, which is pretty desirable. Nice. So that's pretty rad. And, uh, we want I want to use it. I want to make sure that we do it. I want to make sure we take some pictures and post some shit and do some audio, uh, because you know, they're being done we'll nice
2: podcasts next year, so right gotta, they're yeah. got to do some shit this year.
0: That's exactly right. And they're really they've they've been very generous. Yeah, so they're being very generous. So all we can do is burn up bandwidth and we'll burn up some bandwidth for them. And um, I'd like to think that a lot of people are showing up at mid-Ohio because we do beat the shit out of it on this podcast. Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> who've never been there before have gone because we've kind of introduced people. To the idea. have people come from California. To band and will be again via this year. This yeah. Podcast? yeah, people have come to AMA Vintage Days because of us, and there are more coming this year. So we're consistently getting. Bagel's going to show up here, like I guess tomorrow, from Mid Ohio. <laughs> no, it's it's, <laughs> but it could be like Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. I was I was so. looking at some
1: bike in like Northern Virginia on yeah. Craigslist, and it's like, oh, <gasps> if you give me my asking price,
0: I'll bring it to, to Mid Ohio.
1: Yeah. I was thinking huh. like, this was like Northern, which isn't that far from no, us, I but guess. but Mid-Ohio
0: like. is the Underground Railroad stop of the motorcycle movement culture. You know, we know where we're going to be at Mid-Ohio weekend, and so will everybody else. And right now, the Mid-Ohio uh, forums on Facebook are all talking about like, I need somebody to bring me an XYZ123, or is anyone bringing an ABC123, or I'm going to be bringing this, does anybody else want me to bring something else? And that's really interesting that we're using social media to place orders for mid-Ohio. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. That's crazy. Because, like, Joe Veal and the guys that have a, a lockdown on tons and tons of vintage cool motorcycles, yeah, they'll, they'll alter their bring if they know people want something that they might have. That's fucking fantastic. We've also, I've also been in situations where I've been at mid-Ohio and said, oh, this is really great. But I was kind of looking for one of those. And the guy's like, I have one of those. <laughs> well, where do you have it? Buffalo. The, the one that they keep in New York? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Oh, <laughs> well, that's great. But, oh, dude, I'll run home and get it for you. Are you fucking shitting me? People have done that because a bird in the hands were two in the bush. You got a guy who's in mid-Ohio. He's got money in his pocket. He's ready to buy something. You've been trying to sell this thing for three years. You've had no luck, but now you got a guy who's willing to buy it from you.
2: And away a day.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere, is yeah. he? He's a captive fucking audience. Yeah. And part of the mid-Ohio game is always like, eh, I like it, but I don't like it. I don't like it $900. Let me see how much I like it on Sunday. That always happens. Yeah, dude, you take your chances. It might or might not be here on Sunday. Because on Sunday, I can goddamn guarantee it's not going to be $900. On Sunday, it might be headed for the dumpster. Or on Sunday, it might be free, which I've done that too, you know. Well, what do you give me for it? Well, I'm going to give you nothing because in about two hours, I'm going to pick it up for nothing. I'm going to pick it up because you're going to leave it here. I've seen your trailer. It's full. That's pretty cool, man. Mid-Ohio is very much the wild, wild west that way. And uh, I love seeing the deals that go down. I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. I have to be real careful at Mid-Ohio. I am a fucking heroin addict, and I'm 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 literally the, at the place that can get me into the most trouble ever financially. I got to be real careful because I don't. You don't think there's ever been a mid Ohio where I've shown up with less than three or four thousand dollars in my pocket? And the trick is, can I hang on to it? Because it's exercise and self control. It's tough and. Then I have other people that have never been there before. and They're like, hey, man, do you think $800 for this thing is a good deal? <laughs> it might be a good deal for you, but I'm going to laugh about it. Like, we're going to tear you down on this thing, but you might love it. Cam got so torn down when you brought that Yamaha 50. That, yeah, the RX 50. The RX 50. He He suffered.
1: I, so I was bad. so happy on that. When you're when you're playing like when you're like a three quarter scale Peter Fonda and you're roughing out to twelve thousand RPM, it doesn't matter how much shit your friend saw. Elias so Chopper. Fuck you. I love it. <laughs> Did I ever tell you how I got rid of that thing? Oh, I just had- I traded it for doors. <laughs> Buddy of mine drives all over the country <laughs> Picking up like rust-free car parts, yeah. And because of the design of the doors On right. the early 90s 5 series okay. I needed wagon-specific doors right. Which is like 18 okay. months of production Yeah, He's like, I'll go to Alabama and get you these doors If I can have your 50cc Yamaha chopper Yeah, and I traded wow. him straight up a bike For the doors and the transport And it was I like the, one of the best ran deals ran. I ever made Oh, that is a great That's deal That's like 800 bucks That's a great deal That's 800 <laughs> bucks if the part exists Right, if the, right. finding mm-hmm. the part is the first I remember part leaving, part leaving Vintage Days And it's like one of the rarest bikes like Yamaha's, oh I mean? yeah, because like it was right. just every dealer got one to give away, and like uh, what was it?
0: <laughs> they, again, it went from dealers can order this, we have it in the catalog, to we strongly recommend that you have one of these for your inventory. Yeah, to, to you are taking one of these. One of these is going to show up on Tuesday. You are being billed seven hundred and thirty-eight dollars to your parts account. What you do with it is entirely up to you. That's usually what happens in those deals. Yeah, the dealer ends up getting it going. Fuck you. What am I going to do with Can this Can I return thing? this? Can I refuse this shipment? Nope. Ah, oh, fuck you. We made a deal that every dealership has to have one. <laughs> fuck you. So every the- Honda, or the, all those MT500 uh, Harley-Davidson militaries, the green ones that showed up mm. at Harley dealers, two per dealer. Fuck you. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what happened with that
1: bike. Yeah, yeah, but somebody... Who is it that found the... I wish I could remember who found the luggage rack for me in Texas. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you find a luggage rack for a bike they made none of, new in
0: the box, at the same place I found the bike? And what dealers sitting there going, you know, they fucked me over with this bike. Sure wish I had a luggage rack to put on the back <laughs> <Yeah>. of it. <laughs> I wish I had a luggage rack to put on this bike that can barely carry an adult. It's in, in the, the parts catalog
2: here. <laughs> and
0: order one of those. <laughs> Oh, that's so fucked up. And, but we'll see what happens. So this is going to be a, a good one. I always look for Lambretta's when I'm in Ohio because that's one of those things. When you are when you go to a motorcycle, when you go to a show that's like a Harley show, the guy who shows up there with the Yamaha is not going to get much money for it. Yeah. And when you go to uh, Portland Motor Scooters Swap Meet, well, the, the scooters have a high demand because yeah. that's what everybody's there for. So, once you see, like, the guy with the Honda CV350 at the Portland Vintage Scooter swap meet, he doesn't get much money for that CV350 because it just doesn't fit in. So, historically, when I've been at AMA Vintage Days, mm-hmm. I've been able to get vintage Vespas and vintage Lombrettas and stuff real cheap because they just don't fit in. One of these things is not like the other. And I've scored some crazy good deals on very, very rare, weird bikes at AMA Vintage mm. Days just because mm. you go in and you mm. see a Vespa Fender and you're like, oh wait, hold on, stop.
3: It has no seams?
0: Wait <laughs> a second. Where's the rest of everything that goes with that Fender? I don't know, man. It's in one of these trailers. And, uh, you know, and you're like, uh, I'm I'm willing to put in the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you mind if I just hang out here for a minute and just dig through your shit? And I pulled an entire... Cushman Vespa GS A Vespa Cushman GS out of a guy's three shitty trailers but got the whole bike so I got the entire bike and I got it for about 300 bucks yeah geez. and that's a bike that's worth about $12,000 and and yeah and that was a mid Ohio score and that was all because I just saw the handlebars mm-hmm. so the guy mm-hmm. had this handlebars laid out on a tarp and I just kept digging through his shit and I eventually found the whole, entire rest of the bike and you're like, well, that, that, and I didn't even have to put it together. It's just that rare of a bike that I just put it all together in a pile, mm-hmm. laid it out like a big model kit, took a picture of it, put it up on the forums. And some guy from Montreal was like, I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. And paid me way more money than I thought it was worth. Good money. Great money. And, but he did the right thing and he made it perfect. And he, I was very impressed that he did that, but he was thrilled to have it again 300 bucks so that's the kind of jewel that does show up at mid-Ohio if you know what you're looking for not you know silly stuff I got a, a Honda CB450 toy but it's the policeman riding a Honda cB450 police bike and it's an old-school remote control it has a couple of batteries in it and you twist the steering wheel and the handlebars on the bike turn and it goes forwards and backwards that's it yeah bought it for like 45 bucks. Those are like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's weird shit that it's just if you're poking around that swap meet and you're just like, hey, what the fuck is that over there? It's really fun stuff, man. It's a it's a good place to get weird, weird shit. So I I absolutely love it. And I think the one year Emmy just went through just looking for weird shaped or Sydney went through, mm-hmm. just looking for weird metal objects to turn into art. And she just kept coming back with, like, better gas tanks. (laughs) And I started going, like, you don't really realize it, but you might be the fucking gas tank whisperer, because she's coming back with really cool, kick-ass, kind of rare, hard-to-get gas tanks that are in remarkably good condition, with the intention of turning them into welding projects. (laughs) And I'm like, you're not getting to keep this one. What'd you pay for this one? Ten bucks? Give me 20. You know? And... It's just magic. Some of that stuff pops yeah. up out there. So really, super cool, big, big fun. Don't know what this year like. Don't know the bike, man. You got anything you're looking at? Anything weird? No,
3: not, not really. But you never know.
0: <laughs> looking to enhance your CT habit? Uh, that, that's you, you hit it on the spot. That was, that was I was, ticking up on me. I can sense. see, I can see the enhancement of the CT habit. Yeah, after not, the Isle of Man, man we saw,
3: spoiled me, man.
0: Well, and after the Isle of Man, we saw all the things that people can do with that platform.
3: Oh shit! Yeah.
0: And yeah. you start to go well. You can you can get a CT seventy or CT ninety for the right price, yeah. and make trick it out, trick yeah. it out, make some kind of weird custom thing. I mean, wow, that's an easy way I to into there a were really cool. A bike.
3: ton of CT seventies, like fuck everywhere.
0: Um, the CT nineties. Oh yeah, was you're right. CT seventies were, were still going for a, a grand a pop. Yeah, but the CT nineties were, 90s, were yeah. $350, 400 bucks. For a bike with a fat guy on it, all you have to do is get the fat guy off of it, and you're good. <laughs> and if you can if you can extricate the fat guy from the bike, and you got four hundred yeah. bucks, you got something you can ride around on. Yeah. yeah, I've given away all my weird Chinese fling poo shit that I normally take. <laughs> we usually take we usually take like six or seven running fucked up Chinese trade ins like or giveaways, but I've been giving them away to people in the neighborhood. You know, like you know, I don't want it. So I really don't have a bunch of Fling Poo crap to take with me to ride around on. So we'll take that big XS eleven hundred, probably make it breathe fire before it, it'll sell it. <laughs> it's the best best Yamaha ever. Eleven hundred CCs and no title. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers die and they don't have the common decency to give somebody else the fucking title. Hmm. Nobody knows where the title is, nobody knows anything about it. It's an Ohio bike, but you know, hey, but it's really nice. I mean, it's all there and it's complete and stored correctly. We'll probably get it going. And sounds like that needs a frame. It sounds like a bike in search of a frame. It sounds like a bike in search of a numbers kit. It sounds like a, a bike in search of a punch kit. Like you can buy the punch kit at Harbor Freight for about nine bucks. Yeah. Sounds like a bike in search of a title. Like, oh, what you got there? A title for 1981 XS 1100? Give you 50 bucks for it. Yeah. That's it. If I go this year,
1: I'm yeah. going to bring four or 500 bucks. I'm going to give it to you and I'm only going to buy stuff that you say. No,
0: to buy. I'm off the clock motherfucker. When I get to Mid Ohio, <laughs> because I'm so jaded now, I won't buy anything unless it's my answer for everything is a hard. No, like I do a fucking, that's a hard. No, I'm not going to. I'm. It's going to be fucking crazy cool for me to buy it or want to buy it. Or I'm probably going to come home with something dumb like the TDM850 or something that isn't vintage enough to really be at mid-Ohio or like somebody's car, you know, something they drove there. Oh, I remember the TDM850. You yeah. still have that? No, I sold it. Yeah, we, <laughs> found, a vic- we found the right victim. Yeah. <laughs> if you wait long enough, they will show up. Did I you, uh, did you it. keep it long enough to enjoy it? Because that was yeah. like one of those bikes. Oh, I, I remember really you were it. so – I was with you when you bought yeah. it and you were so excited about it. And I was – and I'm still thoroughly, I mean, it, it did everything I wanted that bike to do. It was everything I'd hoped for that bike to be. It was just really old, you know, and that's where you get into a really old motorcycle and the suspension's fucking shagged out and you're like, well, I don't really trust the tires, so I'm not going to push it real hard. So basically, you end up driving it in a straight line and then occasionally just going like, Rrr! and be like, well, oh, that's really great. And then you go really slowly around a corner and then you go straight line that's really fun, that's great or you ride it back and forth to work 20 times and you're like, this is cool I should put $500 worth of tires on it you're like, it's not that cool (laughs) (laughs) that's it you're like, yeah, or like with that bike we did, Kevin Rosman did like $400 worth of work to the carburetor and to the electrical system and battery and stuff and just to make it all run right and then once it ran right and everything was great I couldn't love it enough to put the good tires on it so, and if I would have put the good tires on it, I would have had to put some good, I would have had to fix suspension or put better suspension on it, which is all chasing your tail on an old bike like that. So it was better to just, you know, just leave it, leave it on Craigslist or leave it on Cycle Trader, and eventually somebody who's just fucking kinkier than I am. Shows up and he's like, "I gotta have it." And I was like, know I will help you push it in the back of your truck." <laughs> that is exactly right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just keep pushing. Don't stop. Don't look down. Just, yes, it runs absolutely. Just keep pushing. And, and, and if we have to, we'll push this truck all the way into the street because, fucking, that is that one of those ones. Done We're, with that. Done with that bike. So I man. gotta,
1: I gotta ask because I noticed uh, there weren't many of these in 2016. Yeah. Keep going. You all right?
3: No, I just had to get a beer. I was okay. thirsty.
1: Uh, there were like there were like no old old ratted out sport bikes at vintage days.
3: Rock snacks,
1: sport bikes like EX five hundreds, early Gixxers. Like, like rent it out, or, or with Navi's, like... No, just, I mean, like, in the swap meet area, okay. I didn't see, like, hardly anybody selling, like, 80s and early 90s sport bikes. Like, yeah, the kind of shit you would expect yeah, to see. Right, yeah. For a couple hundred bucks, you know, a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm, you know, you're right. Yeah, it's, it it's weird. Like, that seems yeah. like the place where, like, a $300 dollars EX- guys 500 would yeah. be, like...
0: There's a couple runner. of guys that do that in the swap meet. I can tell you kind of where they are. They have a row of like 80s and 90s bikes that are like, like like really ugly. They mostly have titles and they're like 800 bucks, 900 bucks, but I'm sure you could be like I'll take those three for 900. You know. But yeah, those guys do show up and there's a lot of stuff. A lot of guys that are dealers that have people that abandon their bikes or they they have just, you know, problem fucking children. Yeah, that shit's at mid-Ohio. There's a lot of that. Mm. I wish we could have a row. I wish mid-Ohio would just be like, here's dealer's row. And what dealer's row would be is they... they It wouldn't even be a special discounted price. It would just be vendors who happen to be Ohio licensed motor vehicle dealers. And then the whole row, like one, just dedicate one row. And every bike in there could be a walk away, mechanics lean kind of thing. And it would be this like... These motorcycles are title challenged. So that you go into the area knowing full fucking well you're not gonna have a title that yet. these bikes aren't going to have titles. But if you're from a state that th- that doesn't matter or if you're looking for a project bike and that doesn't matter. But it can be very clear to people that this isn't anything goes wrong. This is literally pays your money, takes your chances, pal. If we could do that and have that just be very fucking straight up and clean with it. And you're going to get some great fucking deals because, again, we abandoned a couple of bikes there last year. We left them. We just left them behind because they were motorcycles that had been made to run. They were working. They were here at the shop and the people did not pay their fucking bill. And we had their bikes for two or three years. Mm -hmm. And mechanics liens aren't as easy to get as they used to be. So, you know what? We disposed of them. We we disposed of them in the most mid-Ohio way possible. (laughs) And that is (laughs) <laughs> somebody who was driving around there on Sunday afternoon went, wow there's like a 300 foot blast radius around these two motorcycles where there's nobody at I think these motorcycles may have been abandoned here, I and mean, then either take them for scrap value or maybe turn them into motorcycles again, but dude, I don't Mid-Ohio is one of the last places in the world where that happens it, you have to embrace it. It's, well, it,
2: it. So I'm on this Kawasaki Concourse oh, yeah. uh, site, and so a guy in York, Pennsylvania, has a 1998 Concourse C10, yeah. the uh, the green, the forest green. Yeah. He gave it away, zero dollars, to a guy here in Greater Cleveland. As hmm. he said he's got enough bikes, doesn't want anything for it, just take it. Wow. And I thought, that's really cool. That's fucking cool. So I called the guy up. I said, did you really give that away? He says, yeah. said, that is really neat. Wh- who who got it? He said, some guy in Greater Cleveland. I said, I live in Greater Cleveland. I'm going to look for the guy. Right. Yeah. So, so the guy got it for his son. So there are people that will give stuff away. That's cool. Which was, you know, the Kawasaki Concourse yeah. C-10. That's not just a little bullshit piece of... No, that's a 1,000cc real motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Wow. And uh, so, it's impressive that there are folks out there that will say, you know, good karma to the next guy. Yeah, it's good
0: karma to the next guy. It's just sometimes you know that you're... Sometimes we all get in a project where we're just like, wow, I'm at X hundred into this project. It's going to cost me X thousand to finish this project. And I don't feel like putting X thousand into this. I'm tired of looking at it. I could sell it outright for 400, $500 or maybe it's just better to not bring it home. And that there's a lot of that in mid Ohio. And especially on Sunday morning and Saturday, like Saturday evening, Saturday night, you see a lot of people that are just like, you know what? I brought that here. I really don't want to take it home. And you can tell like there's a look about it. You know, (laughs) there's, there's a look You know, when you walk up to a guy and you're like, dude, how much for that? And the guy just lights right up. You're like, wow, man, nobody's danced with you in a while. You're happy (laughs) to see me. (laughs) And that's when you're like, oh, yeah, you know. Tell you what, you want it to take it home. I'm not going to make you rich, but you want it to take it home. There's a lot of that. There's a lot to be said for that, especially if you're going to try to build a bike, especially if you're looking for a project bike. Yeah, Mid Ohio is the best place to get any kind of a project bike you want. That's where the projects bikes go. We're bringing project bikes to mid Ohio because I'm tired of, I'm tired of housing. I'm paying money to keep these bikes warm and dry 365 days of the year. And they've been listed on Craigslist for a thousand dollars a piece. You know, they have titles, they're motorcycles might as well take them to mid Ohio and not bring them home that's, to me, that's the win. The win is for me to replace large piles of motorcycles with small piles of money. <laughs> it's never feel better, man. You're like, look, I fit an entire motorcycle in my front pocket just now. Yeah. It might be beer money, but it's, it's not tetanus. And it's not leaking oil. Either. It's not leaking oil. <laughs> I don't have to talk to 18 fucking hillbillies about it, you know. <laughs> I'm starting
1: to I'm starting to get to the point, not with motorcycles but with cars, where it's like the space is worth more than certain cars to me. Hell yeah. like I'm passing on shit yes. because <clears throat> the other the other week I called my uh insurance agent to add yep. the gold Mustang and the F one fifty on and he's like guys like my age, he's like, Cam, yeah. you can't buy any more cars and I'm like, Are you my fucking dad or something? He's like, No, I can't fit more than nine cars on a policy. Oh, on a policy. If you buy any
0: more, I will wow. have to write you another policy. Wow. And I was like Thank you for the tip. Thanks for the tip. Yeah. And it's true. I had this problem where I went to Mid-Ohio a few years ago and I could not buy more bikes. And the reason I couldn't buy more bikes was not that I didn't have more money. The reason I couldn't buy any more bikes was because I did not have any more space. And I felt super guilty about being crowded for space and then bringing home some other bullshit. So I really did... (coughs) You know, I said I got I can't buy another project until I've sold off like thirty six other projects, and there is something about that you can cleanse and you can get rid of something because the space is worth more, mm-hmm. because the space opens you up to another project. The space opens you up to a new dream, a new a new event, a new thing. Yeah, if you've got four projects and they're stalled out and you hate them, <laughs> and you go out in your garage and you are like, ah, oh, you know what? That project reminds me of. How lazy I'm, or what a bad idea it was, or <laughs> how hard it is to get parts for that fucking thing. And you see that, you need to get that piece of, you need to get that juju out of your garage. That thing is gonna make you feel like shit forever every time you see it. So get rid of it, man. Take a loss. Who gives a fuck? Get it out of your goddamn garage. So then you can have the joy of being like, okay, I'm ready for a new mission. I'm ready for something new. You own the fact that it's not yours anymore, you own the fact that it's gone. And you turned a big pile of a nightmare into a small pile of money and you're happier for, it. you know, cool. Empty lifts a cool thing, man. You know, you got an empty lift in your garage. You're like, oh, what's going to go on there? Like, where, where's this project headed? And that's what middle house is good for. I think that's the good ideas. Sell five or six bikes, maybe come home with one. That's a win, you know, turn four or five bikes into one bike or one better bike. So that I think is going to be my goal this year. I'm gonna fill the back of the toy hauler up with like five or six real goddamn problem children, and then push him, him out, comes back. back. Push them out. That's right. Maybe, maybe two. All right, and and at the end of the weekend, if they didn't sell, no reasonable offer refused, and then you know wait for you to show up and get them for free.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and have you haul them back?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I think this weekend, I think at Mid-Ohio, I think a lot of us are going to be riding Grand Vistas. I seem to have collected a lot of Grand Vistas. So, yeah. I think there's going to be sort of a, a militia of weird Kimco Grand Vista scooters and shit like that. So, yeah, it could be it could be something. We'll see what happens. Anybody got anything else? No? Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys at Mid-Ohio. We're going to drop this right, right real quick. Again, come and see us at Mid-Ohio. Uh, usually, the cost of being a podcast listener is to provide us with alcohol. So, you know, be generous, show up, give us some liquor, give us some hooch, give us some beer, Uh, bring us fireworks. That's a nice thing. If we didn't have any already, that's good. If you want to bring us drugs, I do, I I will take anything except for heroin. Meth. I'll take meth, but I won't take cocaine if... There's no ladies around, so there's the rule on that. Because yeah, if I have cocaine and there's no ladies around, some of you guys are in trucking trouble.
2: <laughs> that's the rule. Remain yeah.
0: seated. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, don't don't do that. But yeah, please uh, come show up in our show up in our camp and do fun stuff with us because it'll be it'll be cool. Or be like you guys are fucking bored and we fuck off. Uh, but yeah, look for us. We'll have the, all the zero banners will be flying, and uh, that's cool. That's it, guys. Ride fast and take chances. We should take t-shirts. We should take more t-shirts. Ah, t-shirts.